You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Count Out provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Count Out Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show where uh, we get delayed because New Japan takes forever to upload the main event when you watch the rest of the card. I'm your host, Ryan Knightsey. With me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, what a week. What a week, baby. I'm so tired, bro. I'm so tired. This has been the longest week of my life. Uh, I can't even sit here and like act. It, I'm, I'm tired. I'm so <laughs> tired. And and then watching a 64 minute fucking match did not help. <laughs> we'll get to that match uh, for sure. We so where we left off, folks. Where we left off, folks. Uh, on Ring Post Radio. So last week we did a Ring Post Radio nights. We recorded. Uh, we went long. By about 30 minutes or so, I think we went two and a half hours. And then Scott and I are like, well, I think that's enough faff today. I think it's time to hang up the old boots and uh, end the stream. And we're like, okay, we'll end the stream. Grateful we did. Ten minutes later, I believe it was ten minutes. It might have been actually shorter. Ten minutes later, <laughs> stardom explodes. Or rather implodes, or rather, I don't know. And then the next day, uh, I, I don't remember if the next day was, I think the next day was maybe John Laurinaitis stuff, and then the day after that was like the Scott Demore stuff, and then the week just continued and continued and continued, and boy howdy, Scotty, do we have a show for you. Man, the VeggieTales are right, folks. The, do we have a show for you? Because we got a bajillion things to get to, um we have so much news so much like how much are we talking about that's actually wrestling you and i i think the old, we're only going to talk about like, like all wrestling to be fair but like what's that? yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's all wrestling but you mean like actual in-ring I, we're combat. reviewing four <laughs> matches today and it, this show will go long i can i can probably assure you all show always goes long and this uh, is not gonna help true. Yeah, this is not going to help for sure. Um, how has your week been, Scotty? Let's uh, let's talk about that. How has how has your week been uh, in the brutal. wrestling? Brutal, brutal, brutal. This has been the busiest week I've ever had 
in the world of pro wrestling. I guess it shouldn't be much of a shock because, like you said, 10 minutes after we got off the air, <sighs> things got messy. Um, Especially in your world, things got I've answered a lot of questions. I've been asked a lot of questions. I've done I'm everything. Gonna, I'm going to guess you've been asked more questions than answers given. That's 100% true. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of people that could attest to that, too. So <laughs> doesn't hurt to ask. Um, but but I will say, I will say, if there's any highlight of my week, it is how much one of my friends who listened to our show laughed at you getting up and doing the Jake Lee thing off the side of the <laughs> I believe we have a picture for for our YouTube watchers, the live. Yes. yes. We yeah. We'll cut to that clip. <laughs> <laughs> All timer moment in the history of Rig Post Radio. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, oh no! Ah, ah. We're good. We're good. Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, hold it in. Keep it together, Scotty. Oh, sorry, um, but yeah, it's it's been a long week, and uh, you know it's funny. Like so many other things have happened outside of stardom but i have not been able to really pay attention to that i just started being able to watch wrestling again like a day ago like i watched (laughs) aw dynamite but i had to re-watch hangman swerve because i was like i cannot pay attention right now um that's fair that's fair but here we are let's talk about it what do you want to talk about and the answer is everything man actually i don't want to talk about anything but, uh, well, I think I think we just start off with how the how where we left off, which is the Rossi news. I feel like that's kind of where we got to start because I know I know that's the thing that Scotty has not given his opinion on at all in a week's time. Yeah, I haven't uh, done six podcasts since that. No. Well, instead, we can talk about Scott DeMore if you want. But uh, I figured we just start off with where we where we left off. Basically. Related to Enzo. Uh, yes, the the news from Scott Demore is he's related to Enzo. N-Z-O he's related to. <laughs> he did bring um, him in, didn't he? No, that was MLW. Never mind. That was MLW, baby, of course. Why, where else would it be? Um, yeah, well, uh, okay. Well, uh, Rossi Ogawa, we'll start with him. Gone from stardom. Officially fired. Bushiro has news fired... Rossi Agawa. Yeah, this is the first we're hearing. It. Let's just act like this is this is our hearing it for the first time. <laughs> what? Uh the um in their statement, Bushi Road stated that the reason was because they learned that Rossi Ogawa uh had quote poached many stardom players and staff. Um uh, there's a Google Translate here, but basically um, since 2019, her company has entered into a contract with Rossi Ogawa, the founder of Stardom, has appointed him as executive producer and outsourced work related to Stardom. However, we would like to inform you that we have come to know that he has poached many Stardom players and staff, and we've decided to cancel this contract. Uh, more news has sort of gone out from that week, obviously, from that first press release. Um, way more news has come out during that week. Um, Scotty, do you want to give your initial thoughts on Rossi's firing? I mean, at this point, it's week old news. I don't think, I don't think that works quite as well. Um, but or do you want to walk us through some more of the additional news? Actually, yeah. Do you mind walking us through some of the additional news that came out um, during this this whole hubbubaloo? As the kids yeah, why, say, why even give me the option? 
when you were just going to pivot to get in the timeline. No, it's fine. I've said the timeline about 75 times, I think, out loud in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. So this will be easy. So let's do this one more time. Let's start at the beginning. Shout out Spider-Verse for anyone that... In the beginning, Stardom was uh, invented by <laughs> In <Rocky> the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so in, in obviously... The, in, in the beginning, Carl Gotch invented wrestling. And then... Uh, <laughs> not fact so Uh, the timeline is as followed on monday in japan time uh obviously sunday night here rossi ogawa was let go of his contract it was canceled to uh uh, specific uh words that they used due to poaching soon after that sean ross sap of fightful had tweeted out speculation that he had heard regarding Rossi Ogawa going to the WWE. That, as you can imagine, went haywire with people, and you saw Tony Khan make some tweets. You saw every AEW fan under the sun make some tweets. It was messy, messy, messy. But soon after that, somehow, somehow, by the way, this is like boom, 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 boom. All in this one night. Uh, Dave Meltzer puts out a subscriber exclusive about Rossi Ogawa leaving. Not only saying he's not going to WWE, but that he had put in his notice months before this. So, ultimately, them firing him doesn't have the same effect when you know that he was leaving already. Right? And if, if I'm not mistaken, part of the timeline as well is that Bushiroad has already talked to him about previous poaching that he attempted to do. Yes. That was yes. also part of it. Is that it was revealed that, oh yeah, they already knew that he tried this before and he tried it again. And they're like, well, two strikes you're out, bud. Before admittedly could have been a month ago and so on. So um anyways, we move forward here. Uh essentially it came down to Bushiroad making many decisions that weren't with or weren't in line with Rossi's booking. We'd soon learn more of those decisions in the week, which I think one of them is gigantic. Um, that's most of the initial night, I believe. Uh, obviously, we learned that there will be talent leaving. Uh, some talent have been threatened with legal action. Mm-hmm. And Mayu Yutani is signed to a long-term contract, or sorry, longer-term contract, which is essentially probably just next year because they don't sign they don't sign like multi-year, five-year deals or anything in in the under Bushiro. Yeah. Uh, so that's everything on night one. The next step here is Taro Okada, the Bushiroad fight. Uh, president and now the new booker alongside merchandise manager Oyama. I will keep saying it that way because that is how Dave wrote it. I find it very funny. Uh, those two will be the head bookers moving forward. And maybe my favorite line of all time they have no booking experience, but Okada booked in pro wrestling club in college. So can't wait, buddy. Can't wait. <laughs> That's did awesome. Those, did we get those Cork and Hall announcements yet? Uh, we just got some today. Like, Ooh, took them long enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's 
I'll explain my thoughts on their booking later. Um, so Okada pretty much gave like the company spiel of, oh yeah, we, you know, we tried to work with them. We didn't want him to leave, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he tossed out there that, oh yeah, if like everyone leaves, we have to shut down. And I was like, okay, well that's not going to happen, but cool. I'm happy you could put that into the universe. And, uh, you know, nothing, I think really all that important truthfully outside of the we may shut down aspect of this and then the big man gave us an interview and rossi ogawas not only not only not only said i wasn't poaching people came to me which was just so like awesome uh but he he revealed that he is indeed starting a new pro wrestling company he did not hide that he said well if they're gonna say it i'm gonna say it why, why hide it? And that is coming down the pipeline. So we have a new Joshi company coming. It will be under Rossi Ogawa. Um, and Dave confirmed what I believe, which is Rossi Ogawa is a multimillionaire who sold his company just five years ago, has been under a paycheck with Bushiroad for five years straight. That's a lot of money after a while, folks. I'm sure at a certain point, realize he's going to leave stardom and start his own promotion. And I want to guess started saving some some of the paychecks and be like, well, you know, I'm going to self-fund this. Maybe we'll uh, let's see how this goes. And Uh, notably, he self-funded prior and he has a lot more money now than he did then. So, yeah, I I mean, I think it's fair to say that, like, this new promotion that Rossi's starting is not the same financial backing level that, like, uh, stardom currently has. But, no, uh, no, no. No one has the financial backing that Bushiroad has, but Bushiroad, as we know with New Japan, has not shown that they want to spend money all of a sudden. So yeah, take that for what you will as well. But still, they will have more money to spend. Um, I think I mean, yeah, they'll probably be like, you know, they'll have a lot more money than I think other than other Joshi yeah. indies. Uh I would say they have will have probably the most out of Joshi indies, <laughs> at least. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not a long list, I guess, per se. But <laughs> I don't think any of these Joshi and these are million dollar companies. Uh, well, the only person that might have a ton of money, obviously, is like Chagusa Nagayo because she was a crush gal, and mm-hmm. you know that that had a lot of meaning, obviously. Um, all right, so let's get to the big newsletter because that's really where we get most of everything we need now. So here is everything you need to know. The belief is that she will stay with stardom due to the contract. Mayu Yutani is furious. I can confirm that. She pretty much has confirmed that via Twitter. She has said very little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very important. I have said this all week long. I will say it again here. Mayu Yutani is as good as gone once that contract is expired. Loyalty in pro wrestling is a very unique thing but no one has more loyalty than she does to Arasi Ogawa. Uh, maybe one of the Royal loyalty in wrestling is a unique thing, but in Japan, it is not so unique. Uh, right. Right. It is, it is more common than it is in America. Yeah. Yeah. America is not as loyal, uh, as, as we know. Um, one of the big notes here is according to one person in the middle of the situation in the generational match at the Supreme Fight pay-per-view with Mayu Yutani, Utami Hayashishita, Azumi, Nanai Takahashi versus Julia, Shuri, Mirai, and Su Suzuki, eight of the company's top stars that they expect four 
to end up with Ogawa. They expect one more may end up working some dates with him and end up becoming a free agent. That one is unclear, and two others may stay with Stardom or have legally hindered from moving. And you can figure out one of those are Mayu Iwatani. Uh, so start to start to figure out the math there. Ogawa will be the financial backer of the new group. He's a multimillionaire due to the original sales Stardom, as I added. But this is maybe maybe one of the biggest notes of them all julia won the world of stardom title in december 2022 harada the previous bushi road fight president books uh-huh. julia in a match 2023 title defense against mayu kihi she said she didn't want that match saying that because the two had pre uh, serious previous issues from their ice ribbon days she didn't want the match. She complained she couldn't trust her enough. The world of stardom title is supposed to be the top championship in women's wrestling. Shouldn't she defend against a top contender and not someone from another company because of a grudge match? Bushiro told her that if she doesn't want to face Yukihi, you don't need to be champion. Notably, notably, she had done the match. The match has happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Because of her complaining about not wanting to do the match they made the decision for her to lose the title to tam nakano at the all-star grand queendom show <sighs> we continue while gao had already decided to leave he had not given notice when bushiro overruled his plan to put the main title the world of stardom belt on uh suzuki they insisted putting the title on micah late in the game which also led to all of his uh all of his booking of the title until he left having to be changed awesome love it Great. Sweet. Ideal. As of right now, the plan was for Julia to lose the strong woman's title to Stephanie Vaquerre. The belief was that would be on the April 12th show at first, but as last word, Julia wasn't staying that long, so it has to be worked out. Uh, notably, they have booked a Julia versus Natsuko Tora match for the strong title this upcoming weekend. So... Maybe we have a way to get the belt to Vaquer in a very fun way. That's the Torah versus Stephanie Vaquer in Chicago. Get yeah, in, folks. That's something, all right. Uh, and let's let's just add this last part because I think it's always fun. There was belief that due to the idea that Ogawa had kept stardom talent from working in AEW, there were attempts in both ways oh, to yeah. work on getting talent, but they never materialized. AEW was looking for stardom talent for the Forbidden Door pay-per-view this past year, but stardom had a pay-per-view that same day, so it was going to be impossible. Notably, Bushi Road books, dates, but I digress. Uh, bad. We, we bad. talked about this before what, at the time when it was a, a thing where we were like, well, they have a date. What are, why is he Why? Why is he all upset about it? he's not getting any of these, uh, these you know. Joshi stars? They have, but, you know, they have a date. Rossi bad, so... Rossi bad because he he booked a date. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Stardom was hoping to get Chris Statlander for a major show and never heard back from AEW, but this was around the time Statlander blew out her knee. Which time? I don't know. Uh, that's not a joke. That's actually like me asking, which was it the first time or the second time that she blew out her knee? Um, another person close to the situation in Stardom said, in quotes, you have no idea how upset wrestlers and media are about Tony sticking it to Rossi. Let's start there. Uh, the Tony Khan part of it all. Uh, I think, number one, I think Tony Khan immediate reaction and the by Rossi tweet uh, are so, you know, we all know that Tony Khan is a poster and we all know that what he's like on Twitter. 
but having that and then the the ch- having that be the shot and the chaser being Dave's post being like, yeah, he's not going to WWE. He's starting his own promotion. Uh, was so fun to in- to to experience in live in live motion. Because yeah. uh, obviously, what Tony Khan thought and what others believed inside the American, I, I would say, American uh, uh, wrestling scene is that Rossi was planning to go to WWE and he was poaching for WWE talent. And this was all leading to NXT Japan and yada, yada, yada. That was ob- That's obviously na- now known that that is what his belief was. That is what their belief was uh, to me at the very least. Uh, it could have just been he didn't like Rossi because he couldn't get books. He going to get people booked. As we sort of talked about already, it's it's not Rossi that was unable to book people. It was Bushi Road booking the dates on known AEW dates, who at the time we recall were already working with AEW in terms of New Japan. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know that's that's on Bushi Road, if anything. Um, yeah. But somehow that got translated into Tony Khan. I assume believing that oh, Rossi doesn't actually want to work with AEW. And that Rossi's going to WWE and poaching talent and yada yada yada. So he's happy to see him leave. I think uh, there's not there's not been any response to my knowledge about Tony Khan since that post. Uh, Dave's post has gone out. But uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think? I, <laughs> what are your, What are your thoughts there? I guess. I think people overestimate like how much Rossi cares about American pro wrestling. Like he he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this he does not care. Um, so I think that's part of the reasoning. And I know a lot of AEW fans are going to obviously side with Tony. I wouldn't expect any other way. Um, well, it's such a, it's such an American view of, of wrestling, right? Is that mm-hmm. the, the belief being that everyone wants to come to WWE or come to AEW and come to America because that's where the money is, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, you know, it's not everyone wants to go over there. That's, that's right. totally fine. We, we see that all the time of not everyone wants American wrestling NXT Japan to come to Japan. Uh, it's I that's been anyone a, wants that, but <laughs> that, that's been a fight for yeah. for Japanese promotions for years now, almost decades, even if you if you go that far back. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, I'll just say yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a, a question not answered. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh it's uh frustrating it's frustrating to see that and i think that's just sort of a that's just the classic americanized view of of how important we all are oh i will uh, say this and world. there this is going to obviously end up looking bad on rossi i'm sure long term uh because people are gonna be like oh they're working with them now there's definitely more of a reality now that stardom can work with aew just yeah. because there will be more natural flow between them New Japan and AEW rather than previously where Rossi's controlling a lot of it and not really looking to those relationships because they're not his relationships. And I think that's worth noting. Yeah. And look, hey, AEW and Stardom already have a connection built with uh, Micah and Megan Bain. That's true. Seems like that would be a, an easy thing to maybe capitalize. Um, assuming Micah is staying in the company. Based off of her words, it does sound like she may. Oh, and of course, the most important part before we kind of keep going here, uh, Julia is expected to go with Rossi and mm-hmm. be part of the new promotion uh, until the end of the year when she's 
supposed to go to WWE, but you know, things happen. You never, you never know. Um, and then Tam Nakano, it's only right. It's only right. It goes this way has, uh, <laughs> she is the first person to say I am staying. Yeah. Flat out. Like I know a lot of people read what Micah said and they thought she was staying. I didn't necessarily read it that way. She, um, she, she, it doesn't seem like she would mind staying. Uh, I'm going to expect she stays because they made a world champion. It's like, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, but Tam is not a shock at all to me. And I don't think it was really a shock to anyone. Uh, she was never a big, like there are names in my opinion that are bigger or more important decision makers in what Rossi's company will look like and what stardom will look like moving forward. Tam wasn't one of them because I just expected her allegiance to be with them. So that I think is all the information we need so far. Yeah. There's also Shuri gave a comment as well, but she's very middle of the road. Just kind of like, Hey, support the wrestlers, which obviously I, I am kind of with, that's kind of been my whole mindset for most of this week. It's like, cause there's already people turning this into, Bushy Road ver- or not Bushy Road, Stardom versus Rossi. Like you can only pick one. You don't have to pick one. I promise you can pick both. They're they're going to be available to watch. It's not that difficult. They're going to be very different companies, but you know, it's going to be okay. Probably. Yeah, it should be noted that Shuri was one of those eight women in the two uh, four Osaka pay per view that eight woman tag. Um, should be noted there uh yeah i I assume from the eight people they described four and then three others i assume the one they're not describing is julia um which would be that you know four people one expect to work more dates two are able to are staying in 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 stardom one of them we presume at this point being mayu uh julia or mayu it sounds like they were talking about julia in that instance like as the one not involved yeah well they mentioned that Dave only mentioned seven people. That's why I yeah, yeah. not mentioned. That's, that's why I meant it's either he's not including Julia or Mayu. I would guess he's not including Julia in that combo. Um, a couple of my thoughts are number one with Julia pushing back her NXT arrival date. Number one is weird that she's choosing that and not and like WWE is seemingly allowing her. I guess that means that she has not signed the contract at all um and that's change baby and she is not she will not have signed the contract at some point uh in the future um the question there though is the idea being that uh rossi is starting this promotion right we don't know when he is starting this promotion julia uh her con when is julia's contract up do we what's the what's the uh, i'm gonna assume march 31st but which a lot of other stardom wrestlers are up at the end of March. Um, a lot, but not all. Notably. A lot, but not all. But be, that being said, we could presume that Rossi's promotion is not going to start until at minimum April. It could obviously right. be May or June or whatever. Yeah, they're not going to fire up in the next month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not going to fire up and just take a bunch of indie wrestlers, you know, uh, on the yeah. gonna He's going to run it correctly, not... Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah, he's he's gonna wait for his roster to become available. Um, so yeah, it's not gonna happen till April, which means Julia is going to be around till April. Yeah, if she wanted to go out, she in theory could do uh, Windy City Riot, but I don't think at this point she's going to. 
because not doing that yeah i'm saying that in theory if, if things can happen things could change obviously but like in theory she could do it because she wouldn't And this what we're saying what i'm saying here is she's not signed to nxt she won't be signed in nxt in april she could do it but she probably won't um tam and micah presumably staying especially tam tam is not too much of a surprise um you know tam was the was the person that bushi road was really behind um and micah uh, obviously some of the complaints that micah had about all of this is that she seemingly feels like a lot of her frustration is towards rossi uh, about sort of how her title picture started and how she got to the title belt, and, and it almost sounds like she uh, uh credits those sort of uh wins for her towards Bushi Road and not Ross. Yeah, she should. She wouldn't be world champion right now if it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. I believe there was another report or something that talked about how Rossi's original plan was like Suzu. I believe yeah. Dave talked about that. Yeah. Um, the original plan for Rossi was Suzu. Suzu and... was supposed to be Tam. Yeah. 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 Suzu was supposed not to be Mike. Suzu was supposed to be and Tam. Then, and then Tam got injured. Um, and then uh, and then Micah beat Suzu again here. So Obviously, these are Bushy Road picks over Rossi, if you want to believe Dave. And um, by then, I get it because, like, while he was still trying to book, he was, I think he had already put in his notice by then. Um, the plan was for Suzu to win it, but even still, I think the notice was put in in November, if I remember correctly. Rossi's first notice? Yeah, like, hey, I'm not going to stay. Yeah. Uh, which, obviously, a lot of people, no one essentially knew about, except for, I'm sure, like a handful, um, including Triple H. Somehow he knows one thing. Can uh, I ask you, Scotty? Can I ask Can I uh, ask my various vague questions that you can either answer or not answer? Yeah, I'll hit you with a answer or no comment. Okay. Um, this is this is the this is the Scotty Edwards stardom press presser media presser, and I'm the only media presser. Uh, uh, At least Scotty, I'm taking questions. This is better than The Rock. Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, let me do my bit. Uh, uh, let me. Uh, my family Scotty, is his family, and his family is my family. Let, let's blood. pull up Scotty's family tree real quick. <laughs> what? Take a look at this. <laughs> Wait, t- just take a look at this. <laughs> good good bit good bit good solid bit um uh as as the only media member here obviously uh yeah, number one question i have that. to ask you is that do you think uh current stardom is best better than the attitude era Dude, that's a fun little media bit anyways scotty uh <laughs> do you think that joke did not land at all. I, I didn't connect it until after you said the media thing, and I was like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. I got you. Um, do you th- I wasn't when ready did for you that. when did you first when did you first hear about uh Rossi's uh inklings to leave? Uh I had I had heard I had heard things be tossed around, mm-hmm. but like nothing official for a while, but it was I the best way to say it is people ask me have I heard have I heard anything about Rossi and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably a few months ago P- people going to you and be like yeah hey, and I was like huh 
Come again? <laughs> I was like, what do you uh, mean about the old man? Like, what, 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 what do you mean? I, I, there's something to hear? Do I want to hear? And then you start to ask questions and you get there. But yeah, that, that, that was, I think, a couple months ago, which was very funny. Um, at the time. Uh, I guess not. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like questions that like a non stardom viewer, like a, a, a filthy casual like myself, uh, would ask. And a lot of the questions I'm coming up with is like, how, how bad, uh, how, you know, what percentage of the roster do you think is going to leave, um, leave when stardom? I mean, done. what's that? Like when it's all said and done. Cause, I, I'll I say this. Think and the, last, think, the last person's probably Mayu. That'd be my guess. I've been saying this, and I keep saying this on every podcast I do. This isn't a March scenario. This is a next year scenario. There's going to be a lot of names that their contracts come up from now to next February. It's not just all in March. So, I mean, March is going to hurt. <laughs> March, March is going to hurt, but. But March probably isn't going to be like a mass exodus, like people think. Like I think it's gonna be. What would you? What would you think is a mass exodus? Uh, half. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I would say a mass exodus to me is a third. If half are going, that's bad to me. Yeah. So I don't think like a half's going. A third. I, I don't know. I mean, Dave. I mean, just looking at like the top stars in that eight-man tag, Dave says half are gonna go. Yeah, and I will note, and I know a lot of people take, you know, they don't always like to listen to this, but Fumi Saito said on Pacific Rim on the Observer that six main event esque wrestlers are expected to go. So, yeah, kind of fits with the four out of that match, right? Yeah. Um, which is an interesting question because, you know, I, I think that's a, a big aspect of it is that we don't necessarily know. We can certainly guess what those who those six will be. But the more interesting part about leaning more into that mass exodus, uh, I mean, and also, by the way, six main eventers is going to feel like a mass exodus no matter what way yeah. you slice it. Look at New Japan. You got two people even, and it feels like a mass exodus is happening. That's right. Um, uh, it's gonna be rough right now. Yeah. I think what's interesting to me is what's going to happen underneath those main eventers, you know, um, the, the Hanans types, you know, the people, Saida types, uh, speaking of tag team champions. Um, I find it funny. You named two people loyal to Mayu Iwatani. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to name a few, but I, but it is interesting. Uh, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? The people that are more underneath the main eventers that, they by having a bunch of main eventers leave stardom, they will have an opportunity to yes. get bumped up the card immediately. Yes, um, is very. Or they can choose to go to Rossi's, and, and obviously it's a loyalty opportunity thing. there. There's opportunity there, but you're already going to immediately be behind six main eventers. There's a lot of opportunity open within these two promotions. Uh, if you decide to stay, you may be elevated up cards if you decide to leave you may be elevated in a brand new promotion that by all accounts gets more and more exciting by the day from Mm -hmm. things that i hear 
Um, it's also like a money aspect of it, you know. Yes, and that's loyalty, very important. He might be part of it, but I'm going to imagine Bushiroad is paying these people more than what Ross is going to be able to pay people. If I if I look at the roster off the top of my head, probably like just over 25 or so. There's more than that, but let's just mm-hmm. say 25 for now to make my life easier. Um, there, there's gonna be at least like maybe five, ten that they see the money and that's enough, right? Yeah, uh, we had we a had whole conversation about Okada about the yen being down, you right. know, <laughs> but there's still money to be had in a mm-hmm. company where you're backed by a major corporation. Like there's still money to be had. It's just not like if you're Okada, it's different. Yeah, Okada can go demand tons more money. All these there's a lot of wrestlers that can go demand money, but some just don't want to go to America. Like that's just a reality that people need to accept. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be part of it. But I think opportunity will come down to those who are in the middle and are ready for new spots, and it'll be interesting to see how both sides book it and how new. Rossi promotions looks when that starts and how stardom will look once the initial exits happen. Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's like, why do these two months matter? Why don't I just wait and see what it looks like then after? And I think that's very fair way to look at stardom right now. Um, Because, but the way I'm looking at stardom right now is okay. They got a lot, they got a big mess to figure out. Yeah. And they got champions to dethrone and stuff like that. So whoever's getting those titles, you can kind of get an inkling of staying, and whoever's losing those titles, so on and so forth. So, and and by the way, let's talk about move on from the wrestlers. The back office, we have to imagine a lot of them are probably going to leave Stardom as well uh, if they can. Uh, yeah, I I would assume, and that was notable uh, when they said poaching. They said wrestlers and staff. No one really seemed to care about the staff part when they talked about it. Um, but there's a like the the stardom office itself, not the Bushiro part. It's what well, Rossi's guys, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, Rossi's guys, and I don't know, but like that's probably the people that will also leave. If I had to guess, like he's, he's the captain of the ship. Basically. Yeah, they've worked for him. Like I'm sure Daichi, the top referee, will leave too like you know it's just like things like that that you don't think about but you go deeper into it and you really think about it, it's like well that makes sense mm-hmm. um which you know i people you know rossi left ajw once upon a time created rcon which only lasted a handful of years and mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of people just be like oh it's like that no 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 this is this is a little bit of the i know the noah comparison has been thrown around this is this is like kind of like making a new stardom, but mm-hmm. more backing by default, thanks to money yeah. and a talent pool to essentially uh, come with you, right? This isn't about building up new wrestlers like he did 13 years ago when a young Mayu Iwatani and Yoshiko and Izuki Akawa and all these others were learning right at the beginning. No, this is going to be a promotion that has a lot of talent early, whether that be yeah. former stardom talent, freelancers, maybe foreign talent, like things like that. That is, it's going to feel like stardom in the middle 
of it, I think, rather than the early days. And for many people, that is their favorite era of stardom. Um, there was also Dave talked about how, I believe it was Dave, uh, also talked about um, how uh, Rossi's you know, lack of power and Bushiroad's increase of power is sort of the reason why both Kyrie and Julia and uh, have decided, well, obviously Kyrie left and Julia has decided to leave. Um, um, I don't really have a point there. I'm just saying that uh, that, that, that was a thing that also happened. Uh, I guess a question I did have for you, Scotty, is um, what do you think, obviously the idea is that Julia is going to NXT, and yeah. I, so I sort of laid out, and this is sort of the, uh, I think, the American person question, as as I've sort of laid out, is that Julia seemingly has not signed a contract to NXT because I don't think no. she'd be able to make this these sort of calls right? Um, if she had signed a contract. Is there any reality where she doesn't end up going to NXT at all and just joins Rossi? Hell yeah. There's no... I think it's... While I do think it's like 75% mm-hmm. at least that she goes, mm-hmm. there's always the possibility it doesn't. For one reason or another, one, WWE is not in the best place right now. Things can change by the end of the year. Um, but also, that's just like kind of natural, right? Like things can yeah. just change in the pro wrestling world on both sides of the coin it can be wwe making a different decision or it could be julia saying you know what i'm good we don't completely know. different scenario but i was watching um uh dpw deadlock pro the other day and the main event had called vader scott had a cage match oh what's that and you learned vader scott was in a cage match yeah yeah that's that's a different story <laughs> for a different day uh but it, the main event had colby carino in it and I, I was sitting there remembering like Remember Kobe Carino was on his way to NXT oh. and then they had mm-hmm. the hiring freeze. Yes. And then he never went. Jay White was going to go to WWE presumably. And then they had the hiring freeze, you know, mm-hmm. Julia, who knows what's going to happen between Julia's mindset and April, presumably, or WWE between now and April. We hear end of year. So that's 10 months. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. A lot can happen. Yeah. Something new happens with WWE on a weekly basis. <laughs> and you want yeah. you want to look into nine months and think like free agent. Like I know a lot of WWE fans are very excited and they, you know, they love that Kyrie and Julia singles match that never actually happened. Uh, but you'll see them say it, uh, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Very much entertains me. Um, but pro wrestling is an interesting world. Things mm-hmm. happen. And uh, I think in this situation, while I do believe she's going to WWE, you never know. Yeah, I, I I wonder if she committed to NXT and talked about it, but she's because she hasn't signed anything. She, I think, to me, I think there's a good chance that she doesn't go at all, or at least maybe that's just a hope. Um, it would be yeah. the greatest thing ever, honestly. Like I'd take a victory lap and a half. <laughs> I would enjoy it. I would certainly enjoy it. Like I would come um, on to this show in a year's time and be like, what happened? But I don't expect that to happen. So it's okay. I won't, I, no one will get a victory lap for me. I'm not one to take victory laps. Um, same sort of American question. 
Uh, Rossi starts a new promotion. Is there any reality we think that Rossi could end up just starting a new promotion and then selling that and that becomes NXT Japan or the starts of NXT Japan? I doubt it. I, I just, I don't, I don't see NXT Japan happening. You know why? Because NXT Europe still doesn't exist. <laughs> I agree. I it's, agree. Still, it's silly to they think have way that, more of a foothold in NXT Europe yeah, than they do they in Japan. Never brought it back. So I, I really just don't see it happening. I know a lot of people are like, they love to talk about that damn thing. If I never heard about NXT Japan again, I'd be very happy. Um, but I just look at NXT Europe, and it's like they're not doing it with that. Why? Why? Why are they just going to skip that? Which they already, like you said, have a foothold in, and just be like, "Oh, never mind. Let's let's go do an entire other country that wants nothing to do with us." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, yeah, they, I, I don't. I don't necessarily one think. Point, but. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that that that's going to happen uh, per se. It would be interesting. I mean, I think I think the I think the natural conclusion uh, that people are drawing to is this idea of like you know you have the all Japan situation of all their bookers leaving. Um, you have um, oh, now Rossi being fired from uh, from Stardom, and you have all these sort of different like staff and power brokers and people and you know that japan uh, that uh, wb wants a foothold in japan that you would think that it's something that that could go that way but he wants a lot of things you know what <laughs> well yeah that's they true can't have it. and i don't want them to have it uh because as he sort of stated already uh, rossi doesn't really have interest in booking american wrestling and at the same time um, we had the then report of, oh, it might be that All Japan itself, uh, not the previous bookers, but the president of All Japan uh, might be working with NXT. And, oh, Nakajima might go to NXT for a little bit or whatever. There was that report by, I believe, Dave that went out there. Um, and, and, and that's my point. My point there being is we aren't hearing that report about, oh, Triple H is meeting up with shuji shikawa and suwama or oh he's meeting yeah. up with rossi it's he's still talking they're still talking of all japan president themselves um so i don't think any of this is leading to nxt japan this is something that i think WWE could easily try to get into but they're obviously not going that way right um i think they want the name it's always it's WWE. they always want the name um i'm trying to think of any other like questions from an american perspective um do you think do we think that this is a net positive or a net negative by year's end for the Joshi scene in Japan? It's a tough question because we don't really know how much of the devastation is yeah. going to occur. Yeah. Um, but let's let's say half of Stardom's roster leaves. Let's uh-huh. say it's that big of a blow. Sure. Half of their roster's out. However much of the staff uh, is also gone. Um, and then and then Rossi has a new promotion started. And though we have these two big powerhouses um in Japan and a bunch of other, you know, smaller Joshis, of course. And a WWAEW-esque thing in uh Japan. Yeah. I think it may hurt like Western interest, but I don't give a shit about that. Um, but I think for the scene itself, it can help a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Stardom probably won't be the number two anymore because, you know, I'm sure attendance is going to go down and things yeah. like that. Especially if six main eventers are leaving. Right. But it's going to make more promotions try to be better. Like, we got to a point where Stardom was the dog and only dog in the fight right like pretty much in in many ways it was like the wwe feel in the u.s for a long time right where it's like there is competition but they're a lot smaller so is it really competition now that changes and AEW fans are gonna hate this and maybe maybe stardom fans will or joshi fans will too but there is like a interesting comparison in aew to rossi's promotion because it is a difference maker. Um, it is going to be very heavy interesting. Heavy-duty financial backing from the person that yeah. will be in charge of it. Yes, and a lot of great wrestlers expected to be there. A couple the main eventers from other companies. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's going to be a positive when it's all said and done. It's in two years that I'm unsure about regarding stardom because when the other wave of of people leave next year, it could mm-hmm. be a lot uglier. Um, yeah. But I do think like it's going to make the scene better. And I, I'll just say this: Rossi Ogawa with a chip on his shoulder is a very scary thing for everyone else. It's been <laughs> a very long time since this man has had to like maybe prove something mm-hmm. and maybe he doesn't see it that way but just based on his confidence in what he's done he's gonna he's gonna do a lot with this he's gonna do a lot with this i think it's going to i think most people are gonna prefer it truthfully over stardom when it's all said and done i think it's gonna be very i think it's gonna be great and I think both have a chance to be great. And if that ultimately is the case and there's more Joshi and, you know, some might not like this, but if this is where a lot of the scene goes and there's signings for both companies, right? Because starting to have to replenish talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it for me, it's better than not. And maybe it'll be more eyes long-term, but I think it's going to be better. And I, I think the uh, cyber fight, president said that as well which obviously they own tjpw and they're like no we think it's gonna benefit everyone because like the scene's gonna be more intriguing and more interesting so yeah i think it'll be good uh a couple quick questions i have one and then we have a couple in the comments as well uh on youtube um what sort of things do you think bushi road obviously have been making changes uh in terms of booking and sort of behind the scenes but what sort of now that like Rossi and his staff will be potentially gone, what sort of changes do you think uh, Bushiroad might make or this new president might make? Uh, you know, is is are they going to is Bushiroad and Stardom? Are they going to now work with AEW? Uh, are they finally going to get not saying that he was the one holding it back, but are they finally going to get English commentary? Uh, are they finally you know are they able going to be able to do all this extra stuff? now that uh rossi and his staff are gone not to say that they're the ones holding it back but is that is that something that will be uh, a positive or a negative i guess as well there is part of me that thinks like they're gonna do things that weren't happening during the rossi era 
mm-hmm. that maybe fans have been asking for. I'll be like, hey, goodwill, right? Goodwill. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's very possible. Um, I think working with AEW is very possible. Not that it shouldn't have been before, but maybe now that there is a mindset here that to work together, I think I definitely think it's just more possible because also Kata works in the New Japan office. So that is more combination. I thought with Tanahat and like everyone saw the Mayu and Mina match now, it's in Rossi fire and they're like oh wow they're back on a new japan card yeah it's not it's not because of him he has no control over if they want to put an iwgp that's their title yes he got stuck with it um i think a lot of the booking moving forward may be more new japan inspired rather than joshi inspired because that's Mm -hmm. the mindset that's in the building Mm-hmm. We're already seeing it with the upcoming Korokin show. It's all it's two big preview matches for the two New Japan titles, and we've seen that this weekend. There's a lot of there's a lot of previewing matches, and they've always done preview matches on house shows, but this is to an extreme. Like this is every single show, um, and I think that's going to be one of the big pieces that people see moving forward. Is maybe a little more New Japan esque because that's really all they know right now. Well, Okada and Oyama don't know much about yeah. booking, but that's kind of where they can lean on. Yeah, which, you know, is that good? Is that bad? I guess that's your opinion of New Japan today. Uh, Mazfan94, uh, odds on Rossi's new promotion working with AEW, you think Bushiro will try to block it? Obviously, Tony think- Khan made sure that ain't happening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to say that. And plus, I think that um, uh, he will be able to work stardom. What, what, they'd be so much yeah. easier to work stardom versus trying to st- establish a relationship with Rossi at this point. Yeah, um, yeah I think so too. You know, it, they can get other people in there. They can get uh, Mercedes Monet back over there. Um, they can, just like they did with Megan Bain, they can send over like a, I don't know, like a Queen Amanada or something, you know, someone that's yeah. new or younger. I don't think they um, would block it, by the way, just because of how many people. Not that I do expect Rossi promotions to work with AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. Ex- I I don't think New Japan would block it just because. Like, think of all the relationships AEW has. They have a relationship with like AAA and CMLL. Well, they kind of AAA kind of Tokyo Joshi Pro kind of. But like Noah kind of DDT. Yeah, kind of. The thing is, they lean on the bigger partners, and that's who they're going to focus on. And that's ultimately why I see them doing with stardom just because it's the name yeah forbidden door wouldn't work if it was aw versus ddt uh it would only work if new japan <laughs> Let's be honest. uh jeff bugenhagen asks uh what's the chances that Maiko leaves wb help rossi obviously Maiko satamora i want to expand that question more into like people like a nagayo or people who are in charge of uh, other smaller indies in the joshi world just like aew kind of swooped scooped up some of the indies people to sort of help up and prop up AEW. Sure. do you think any of those in entities will also sort of get pro- and help prop up yeah. rossi's new promotion yeah um i think there's a very good chance of that he has great relationships with the chagus and Nagayo, for example and kyoko in a way of diana and um i think he has a relationship with gami who runs wave and so on like there's a, and he has a relationship with mako obviously 
uh, who runs Sendai Girl. So I think there's a great chance. I don't know if Mako will leave WWE to do it. I don't really know what the status is there. Um, by all accounts, she's still there, but she's not, if that makes sense. Like she's been back in Japan and do and at Sendai Girl shows and stuff like that. Um, but I think there's always a shot. Like they have a good history together. It's never been a bad thing, really. Um, you know, she Mako was part of the I don't want to say resurrection, but the um the aid of when the Yoshiko and Akiyasakawa incident happened. They brought Mako in after that and she kind of helped put over to read them in a way you can listen to our episode about Mako Satamore and Stardom over on Stardom, Stardom Road right here on the Kano Podcast Network. Uh, but I think there's the real possibility that a lot of help happen. Uh, I think Takamichi Noku has kind of already shown his allegiance in a blog that he wrote. I only saw the preview, but they've had a, they've had a f- relationship enough over the past 30 years. So the Anabas seem more likely than not to probably pop up in Rossi promotions, which I've been asking for forever. So if this is the way, then we will take it. But yeah, I think, I think relationships will go a long way in helping this um, because now you don't have to work through the corporate aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw stardom, I feel like be a lot more, They've always been more fluid with a bunch of the other uh, j- smaller Joshis, but uh, it's not like in the past year or so they've been even more fluid. When uh, they first sold, it was very quiet on that front. Yeah. And then they kind of broke back into that, and a lot of that obviously has to do with Rossi. It's not It's not another relationship or anything. From, I know, I know, like, the old president had a relationship with like 666 which is like a small group or something but forget about them that's 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 over <laughs> um other uh big time uh creative firings uh in the wrestling universe uh, happened this week uh and that was TNA uh TNA uh's parent company Anthem Enter Sports and Entertainment released a statement uh on uh, February 7th uh, saying Anthem Sports Entertainment Inc., a global multi-platform media company, announced today the appointment of Anthony Sicone as the president of TNA Wrestling. Sicone uh, replaces Scott Demore, whose contract with Anthem has been terminated. Demore has been a part of TNA since 2003. He held many key leadership positions and played a vital role in the growth of the company, leading to its strong reputation today. Um, PW Insider uh, has sort of been on top of this story as well. Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Uh, and sort of he wrote uh, some more about what's sort of been happening behind the scenes and talked about a moment where Scott DeMori kind of actually knew that this was coming because um, in recent weeks or so, uh, Scott DeMore apparently approached Anthem with an offer to purchase TNA outright from Anthem. Uh, said to have been backed by a letter with a major banking institution, but he was rebuffed. So Scott said, hey, T- a- a- Anthem, can I buy TNA from you? They said no, and he probably presumed, well, all right, uh, my days are probably numbered, and his days were, in fact, numbered. Um, what could this mean for Scott Demore? What does this mean for TNA? 
Scotty, what's your uh, what's your take on uh, TNA and Scott Demore? Uh, it sucks. It's awful. Uh, more unexpected, I'd say, than the Rossi stuff. Uh, just because of how the year opened for them, right? Like TNA and Scott Demore's out there singing the praises, and Will Ospreay and Josh Alexander, and TNA's back, and he is now gone. Uh, the reality is Anthem wants TNA to be a cheap content making machine. That is all they want. I'm glad you said cheap, by the way, but we'll I'll circle back to that. But continue. Very cheap. And Scott Demore wanted more money to spend on the promotion and you know, go for these big dogs like mm-hmm. a Will Ospreay and Kazuchko, Kata, Shirley, and he wants to be a proper third, maybe yeah. fighting for second. Yeah. If you get Osprey, if you get Osprey, you you could start you could at least start right. punching up. Um obviously he didn't, so fun. But he tried. Uh, I think with this, it cites the end of what you and me have called Impact slash TNA of the past two years, like a pretty solid product. It's now, what is this next chapter truly going to be? And it is very funny that the moment they change back to TNA, chaos ensues for this company. There had been such little chaos for so long in terms of like controversy and things like that which is just yeah it's it's funny but it's unfortunate um because obviously you feel for the wrestlers it seemed like pretty much every wrestler was not happy with this everyone was very speak about loyalty (laughs) yeah yeah and i i think that's gonna come back to bite um i don't know what tna is gonna look like but I do know that TNA is not going to go for big free agents. I'm grateful I never saw the graphic that said Nick Nemeth signs with TNA at this point because how would that be going? Like he's going to yeah. work for them, but is he going to work for them that long? We don't know. A lot of things change now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what's interesting is the timeline of all of this is that you know, remember months ago, Scott Demore coming out to that when they announced that TNA is going to happen and that they're changing the branding to TNA. He also announced that they are going to try to get bigger talent and book bigger shows, book bigger arenas. Um, and then they didn't do that. And then, you know, we hear the Osprey stuff and that, oh, TNA is trying to dish a lot of money, but then they didn't do that. Um and it almost, to me, gives off this idea of, and I and, and PW Insider backed this up, of Scott DeMore asked and wanted to become a bigger promotion, wanted to become a bigger company, and wanted to get their foot out there. But Anthem was not willing to pay that price that uh, DeMore wanted. Uh, I'm scared that he either thought he had it when he announced they were going to run bigger shows or he was using that as a way to try to get more money from Anthem and it failed to the point where he got so frustrated apparently with it that he was like, you know what, let me just buy the company because I want this to be a bigger thing and you don't want it to be a bigger thing. So please let me buy it off of you. And Anthem said no, uh, exactly for the reasons probably that you just stated, Scotty, is that we don't want to sell this thing. We are happy with we were happy with Impact. We're happy with TNA. We are happy with exactly where it is. 
Um, I don't think they're making a lot of money, but they are fine with how they're doing that. They're using probably TNA as some sort of loss leader um, for Anthem as a company, which in some ways to me is a little scary uh, because that means, you know, if you're a loss leader, you're probably one to get cut very quickly. You, you know, you install this new Anthony Sicone. Uh, he's an executive, according to PW Insider. Uh, he has a reputation for being a, quote, stand person. I think it's supposed to be stand-up person. Uh, and a really smart <laughs> executive who will listen to feedback as opposed to, quote, just bulldozing the room, um, which could right. be a good thing. I'm, I'm, worry- I'm still worried about executives getting into the room. Hey, but that- What's that? Go ahead. You're a real stand person. Continue. Thanks, thanks Scott. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Should I stand up for that? Or no, <laughs> I'm not a stand-up person. I'm just a stand. Um, uh, I'm just a stand. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about the direction and the creative of the company. Uh, Sacconi doesn't have an experience. And as far as people have already talked about, his, uh, the TNA's uh, booking committee is Tommy Dreamer delirious and a guy from chikara <laughs> so uh i don't know <laughs> and, and the belief is according to pb insider uh it was gail kim is also part of it as well but the belief is that uh uh tommy dreamer might be the one that steps up in terms of that booking role um which if you know your history tommy dreamer is not a good booker uh <laughs> I think mid is praising him too much, Scotty. Uh, I think that's, I think that's, the uh, another button. uh, do you have another, but you said you have another button for that. I don't have another button. Sadly. Uh, um, yes. When in doubt, when in doubt. Well, I got, I got one for you. I think at the end of the day, what Scott DeMore really wanted was money. And he didn't get it from Anthem. And that's a frustration there. Um, what does this mean for TNA? I don't know. I don't really. Over. I don't think it's over, but I also think. I think. I think what Scott was really presenting is that he felt that 2024 was an opportunity for whatever reasons for TNA to become a bigger player in the wrestling landscape, and mm-hmm. Anthem said no. So that sort of reaction to all of this is going to what's going to be interesting to me is. They're not going to become a bigger player. They're just going to be what they are. And how do fans react to, oh, we had this, we had something going, uh, and then they got rid of Scott Demore, and it was just sort of like, okay, I guess, I guess we're not going anywhere. We're this is this is who we are. This is exactly who we are. Um, that's that's going to be a frustration. I think a lot of people, fans are going to have um, Scott Demore. Where does he go? I don't know. I, I'll give you a pitch. I don't think. I don't necessarily think. He has a great spot, but uh, he was apparently the one that was working ex- like really closely with WWE in terms of the Jordan Grace Royal Rumble appearance. Maybe he's that's a foot in the door, you know. Maybe that's a a, a way a, a way to go. And if he goes that way, what talent goes that way? I think these are all questions that are going to be very interesting uh, for the next upcoming year for uh, TNA and Scott Moore. Yep. Um, listen, listen, I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be a realist here. Uh, I don't think he was like this super great booker. Like there's a lot of things I still questioned. His final world champion was Moose after all. 
the, the uh, waves, the roller coaster of ups and yeah. downs. Okay. So like I feel that way, but I also feel in the way that TNA was better off with him than without him. So. He he turned it around into it was making money, I guess, in the sense versus almost dead before. It so became a respectable promotion. Um, and I think another thing here is is that relationships probably go away with him, mm-hmm. which the New Japan relationship, which has been a pretty big one for them over the past year, probably disappears. And this also means something big for you, Ryan. You get to be a major leaguer once again. No more total nonstop, Ryan. It's all about being a major leaguer. I had a better joke for this that I said in the chats, but it wouldn't it wouldn't translate to uh, this as well. So audio, yeah. So you're back to being a major leaguer instead. Would you be shocked to know that I watched half of Super Fight last night? I <laughs> the MLW pay per view. Couldn't be less shocked. You were probably. Yeah. You were probably just chanting ML dub, ML dub. Uh, of course, but of course, uh, of course, as a major leaguer, that's who I am. Uh, <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> I love that bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. Another, another thing, another year of. I don't know where this, how this company's gonna go. We got Stardom, we got Rossi, we got New Japan, we got All Japan, we got we got TNA. Is anyone gonna is anyone making any sort of moves, any sort of big business out here? Well, Sky got the answer for you because the only promotion that's getting big business out here uh is AEW because last Monday Wednesday, uh AEW announced AEW Big Business officially set for the TD Garden on March 13th. The date and location we all sort of speculated. And if it wasn't so obvious, in the bright blue and purple graphic with the word Boston, B-O- Money. dollar sign, dollar sign, 10, uh, then it is, uh, I think, going to be extremely apparent that who is going to show up. No, not evil. Monet. Yeah, probably Mercedes Monet. But uh, Mercedes Monet is obviously not the only money uh, gimmick uh, that AEW might be acquiring. So maybe it's a twofer. Maybe it's a twofer. Scotty, how excited for you are are you for the show? And were you part of the four thousand pre sale ticket buyers for AEW no. Big Business? No, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Uh, I actually, you know, it's funny. I forget what happened when tickets went on sale, but I remember I was very occupied with something. Um, so I completely originally missed it. Haven't bought a ticket yet. Probably will eventually, or maybe I'll go with media or something. I don't know. Um, but I do plan to hopefully be there and join in on the fun. That is Mercedes Monet joining a E W. I don't know how you can't be excited. This is a conversation that we have had for well over a year now. It's been well over a year. We've talked about her, but because remember, last year was all about that LA show. That's when everyone thought she was going to turn up, and then she yep. didn't. Yep. She stuck to the New Japan Bushi Road Stardom combination. Then she got injured, and uh-huh. then it was months and months of 
Is she going to show up again? Is she going to wrestle Julia? Is she going to do anything? Is she going to do anything? And it just, we've made it to February and we finally have an answer. Fightful Select, of course, reported she's been signed since January. Um, that is both Fightful Select and Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast. Uh, but this is huge because here's the reality, folks. You have a new highest paid star. You have a new box office star. If there, you know, it's funny. Last year felt like nothing could go AEW's way at the end of the year, right? We're all sitting here like this is a disaster. The company's ice cold. MJF, please get off my television. You know, the usual. And now look at them. Now look at them. While the rest of the rest, well, the remainder of the wrestling world comes unglued <laughs> crashing <laughs> screeching halt <laughs> they are storming into what i think might be their best pay-per-view ever and after that it's big business because mercedes monet is coming in kazuchiko kata may be following will osprey is now able to join the AEW ranks he is done with new japan it mm-hmm. can't be going better for this company so yeah. what does that mean? It's time to bring back CM Punk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Things are going too well in AEW <laughs> right now. The only company that has any seeming positive news right now at the moment. Uh, let's uh, let's ruin it real quick. Um, uh, yeah, big business. The pre-sale uh, started uh, what yesterday, two days ago, or something like that. Uh, and the first count uh, was 4,500 tickets distributed. Uh, for reference, the pre-sales, EW World's ended 4,000. Uh, the full gear in the Kia Forum is 4,100. Uh, and uh, Revolution... Um, mystery? Oh, sorry. Revolution at the Chase Center in San Francisco was 4,500. And those all ended up doing um, 10,000, 12,000, and 8,900 tickets, respectively. As of right now, the current update... Uh, as I said, I think that was Friday or maybe Saturday was the pre-sale for big business at 4,500 uh, in about a day or so. Yes, in about a day. Job. In a day, they sold 1,100 more tickets, and they're now at 5,600 5, tickets distributed for AW Big Business. So in, in, a, in two days' time, they sold 5,600 tickets uh, for this show. And more is, tickets uh, will be sold, obviously. Um, of course. I think their goal is 10,000 plus, right? That feel that feel believable. That's a, that's a good goal. That's a great goal. Um, because cuz I think like selling out the garden is not easy for a company that on most weeks is selling 2,000 tickets per live event. Right? Like that's asking a lot. And Mercedes Monet is a huge star, but her being from Boston is very different from CM Punk being from Chicago. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily. When you think of Chicago wrestlers, you think of Punk. When you think of Boston right. wrestlers, you might think of Mercedes Monet. You might Cena. not necessarily. Like, Cena is probably the bigger one. Yeah. Um, West Newbury, Massachusetts, but whatever. Good, close enough. Uh, but like Mercedes is such a worldwide star that it, it almost didn't matter where they picked truthfully like that's how i looked at it it's like all right if you picked here or la or something like and you put the big business idea behind it it's gonna sell well and this is probably 
I think confidently going to say that's their best TV uh, attendance in quite some time. That's what I think it's going to be because she's a star. She's a bona fide proven draw that they have added to their ranks. And I know some people still like to talk down Mercedes Monet and they try to act like she's not this big deal. Well, people, you're wrong. So congratulations, you lost this fight. And the WWE fans that are like, oh, we didn't want her back anyways. Yes, you did. Don't lie to me. But for some reason, that company doesn't want to pay her the money she deserves. And you know who did? Tony Khan did. It took a freaking year to do it, but we got there. And I think <laughs> ultimately it paid off because the women's division now is in such a better place than it was a year ago. Yeah. It's very important. They, they about someone, someone tweeted out, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a great point of what's great about Mercedes Monet coming in is that she isn't coming in as like a band-aid for the division. Yeah, it's that she is coming in as an extra addition to a division that has been healed, has been worked on for several weeks, several months to this point, yeah. where there is a lot of interesting stuff happening in, a lot of interesting wrestlers coming into it. And, and wrestling within it, that it, it, she isn't a Band-Aid to fix what's wrong with it. She it's is coming into a solid division. It is a boost for the division, not a Band-Aid boost. It is going to bring them to the next level that they should be at moving forward. Um, my thoughts about Mercedes, though, moving forward. Hear me out here. Mm-hmm. She's got to be a big money type wrestler. Like, you're not just putting her on Dynamite and Rampage and Collision. Like, no, 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 yeah. no. Her first match is going to be a double or nothing. Her mm-hmm. next match after that is going to be important. Everything she's going to do, you make important because she's that important of a star. I think it's actually perfectly fine if she's not popping up every single week because there's something that we we learn in her run with New Japan is that the fun of Mercedes Monet is the interest level in everything she does. Yeah, Anytime she did something meaningful – it had it it worked right yeah. like it was it was bigger and bigger and bigger and i hope AEW knows that i hope they don't just send her out there you know for the raw tags like wwe did once upon a time like she was nothing like she is she's the biggest star what? she's going to be the biggest signed star on this roster yeah. not women's not men's overall just the biggest star signed so treat her like that and i think they're going to that's why it's big business baby I think you're completely right. Uh, and I point about this comment by Jeff Bugenhagen. Uh, and WB says money is Monet isn't a draw. I think you're right. Like we know that like Sasha Banks was a WB television star that would pop ratings and pop ratings more than Roman Reigns a lot of the time, but it never felt like WB was ever behind her. And it'll be interesting to see. And like, you know, we're saying that she was a star and that when she went to stardom, Bushi Road, New Japan, she helped draw. Uh, for the battle in the valley was a good house, uh, was a great house, um, as well. But this idea of like, what it will it look like? You know, she has. I think the best case for Sasha Banks Mercedes Monet right now is that she has the ability to be a massive star. She has never had quite the push behind her to be treated as such, and. I believe, and I think you would agree with me here, Scotty, that AEW will be arguably the first company that will really push that massive star to that next level, uh, which will be 
insanely huge uh, for Mercedes Monet and be really great to have for AEW. Um, just looking at some tickets, you said 10,000 would be a good number. Um, last year at Blood and Guts, when they ran TD Garden, uh, Blood and Guts for AEW Dynamite, they had an attendance of 8,956. Out, you know, right outside 9,000. So, yeah, I think 10,000. It was you, very packed. If you get to 10,000, I think it's even better. Uh, obviously, I think War Games the year before uh, for Survivor Series and WWE did 15,000. So, uh, yeah, that's different. You no. Know, yeah, I don't think they'll get that high. But hey, 10, if you announce Okada, I think you get that high. Uh, but if yeah. just Mercedes Monet, I think 10 grand will be happy. I, I think well, the way Tony said it, which, you know, he went a little overboard, which. <laughs> Could set, her up, <laughs> could set her up to fail in some ways. I don't think it will, but it's the way he were like the, one of the biggest nights in AEW, but one of the biggest nights in pro wrestling history. And I was like, well, that just, that can't only be a Mercedes Monet appearance. Then it's got to be a lot more than that. So they're going to have to have big matches. They're going to have to have big things going on. And I think it's all going to work out in the end. And by the end of revolution i'm gonna feel pumped about this company by the end of big business i'm gonna feel pumped about this company it's very nice to be here remember because you know once upon a time on this show we had a uh you know the the hammer and smash of aw's bat or whatever it was called Mm -hmm. and and look at us now i have that graphic somewhere (laughs) look look at us now we're living we're living we're having a good time and it's all because of money yeah there we go but I want you should. I know this would be revealing the curtain, obviously, but a, a funny bit would be if we if we had that money signal and instead of saying money, it was the evil sound. So like, <laughs> let me see. Hold on. Let me see if we can do it real quick. I really enjoy that bit. That's a top 10 bit for me. Uh, <laughs> no, you peaked with bits last week with the, the Jake Lee thing. There's nothing ever top of that. Um, you, got off your, you got out of your chair, left this camera, and then peeked back in. There's nothing better than that. It's good. It's a good visual gag. Um, yeah, so AW good? AW good? I think we all agree. AW good? I think AW is great right now. Are you... Are you also a Rampager? I said at the new year, I'm not going to watch a Rampage. Guess who's been watching Rampage, baby? Um, I just watched Mystico. <laughs> I, figured, I, figured. I watched, I watched the, the eight-man tag, eight tag. I didn't watch the Mystico, Matt Seidel one. Was that one good at all, Matt Seidel? Yeah, Mystico? of course it was good. Mystico was on the floor, right? Dude's laying on the floor, hurt. Uh-huh. And the crowd starts to clap, so he goes, <laughs> wow, beat up. <laughs> Go, baby. <laughs> you can't tell me he's not the greatest. Come on. I love that man. He's so funny. Um, also, they gave him his theme song, so his entrance was extra long. But not was, which is I think it's a great idea for AEW to put Mystico on Rampage for that exact reason. Because <laughs> you watched the edited version of it. It must have it was an hour longer than what you saw. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me um let's transition over to wwe news fuck uh, yeah i know <laughs> i don't know how we a better transition than that but uh uh two different topics talking guess, about dynamite uh is, do you want to talk about dynamite i mean we got four more topics to get to what are the topics besides wwe 
so uh, the Ashley Massaro news, the WrestleMania main event nonsense, Fantastica Mania preview, and New Beginning in Osaka. Uh, Fantastica Mania, by the way, is only airing three shows. By the it's four sh- only four shows this week in the time that we are going to record because I think. F- Tuesday through Thursday is not airing, so I'm just okay. letting you know that now. Like uh, it's making tape though, right? No. What? Hold on, this yeah. is news to me. They're just house shows. Oh, that sucks, dude. Yeah, broke my heart. Uh, you said two. What? Which nights? You said two and three. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will not air. Everything else will. <sighs> which is listen, like. I think a lot of the nine, great matches two, are obviously three and four. Make yeah, sense. night night four is when they have the tag team tournament starting. Why are you Why are you cutting out the first? Let the me first let me, several matches of that. Let me double check the New Japan World, but I looked at the schedule and it uh, broke my heart. Burr, burr, burr. Anyways, uh, yeah, keep going. Well, let's talk about Fantastic Mania. Let's do that before we uh, get into uh, WWE news because we're already talking about it. Damn, I'm going to talk about Dynamite. Dynamite was great. Dynamite was great. Oh, I oh I know the one thing I wanted to talk about real quick because I I, I came on the show once upon a time a few months back and you know I said some things about the Young Bucks and I wanted them to go to work and I wanted them to show up. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Little did I know that behind the curtain. They were cooking with gas. This Matthew and Nicholas Jackson thing rocks. (laughs) I love it. The succession theme song going by the EVPs, the EVP trigger, doing promos where they're healed. And then they're like, thank you everyone for coming. We have, we hope you enjoyed the show. Like it's, it's great. They won me over very quickly. This is the most interested I've been in the young bucks in a very long time. Like I was trying to think of when the last time I was this interested. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Does that mean officially you're a F- AEW freakazoid? Uh, no. But he's but, there. But revolution could be when I no, I'll actually never be a freakazoid because like the freakazoids are attacking Rossi, and I would never do that to that man. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um uh well I got uh I wrote down each night main event for Fantastic Mania uh and then some other matches that interest me. If you want to run through that, I have confirmed the live schedule. Okay, please. They will be live on Monday, the opening night of Fantastic Mania. They'll be live Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So they're not taping night two, three, and four. Seems that way. Interesting. That's dumb. But I'll explain I, why I guess in a moment. I would argue it's ass. Uh, so I, I got the schedule here with uh, all the main events uh, for each night, uh, plus some key matches that I thought were interesting, that I thought we, that would be interesting to me, Scotty. Tour, tour of the year, and they're freaking cutting half of it off. I agree. Brutal. Night one's main event is Tanahashi, Mascara Dorada, Mystico teaming up against Francisco Akira, Stuka Jr., and Ultimo Guerrero. In uh, the, the Eddie wait, Arena whoa, in Osaka. Whoa, whoa. How the hell is Francisco Akira going to wrestle? It's a great question, but he is. <laughs> He's in a six right. man. That rocks. Uh, yo, but Akira and, and Dorada? Mystico? Good. 
Period. <laughs> Mr. Go, Stuka Jr. <laughs> just like just randomly. Uh, night two, not making tape, main event uh, in the Osaka Prefectural Kodoma Sports Center. Tanahashi, Templario, Volador Jr. versus Doki, Rocky Romero, and Soberano Jr. Night three, Takamatsu sitting gymnasium, not making air. Uh, Francisco Akira, Hechicero, and Ultima Guerrero versus Atlantis Jr., Despi, and Mystico. Night oh, four, also not making tape, which is all dumb. The tag team tournament is starting in the semi-main and the main event. Semi-main, I believe, is Magnus and Volador Jr. Not that Magnus, the other, the uh, uh, Mexico Magnus. Uh, and Volador Jr. versus Stigma and Pegaso. Uh, plus the main event. The tag tournament starts on Friday. The, the tag tournament? Yeah. It starts night four, whatever whatever day night four is. I don't have I'm looking at Friday. And okay. wait. Oh, yeah, they don't even have a show Thursday. So yeah, the tag okay, tournament. Yeah. So we are going to see the tag tournament. Yes, yes, yes great. Yes. So that was the semi-main. The main event being Ultima Guerrero and Stuco Junior. Stuka Junior versus Teton and Bushi. Why the uh, hell is the finals the first man match? Like that, I look at that match and I think final. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's not. It might not be. Well, well it definitely won't be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other matches on that night four card that interest me. Uh, is Despi Brillante Jr. versus Naito and Kamatachi? Obviously, Kamatachi being Hiromo Takahashi. Go listen uh, to Ryan. That's not true. We don't know that. Uh, and also, another match that interests me was Rocky Romero, Soberano Jr., and Doki versus Mystico Templario and Mascara Dorada. <laughs> 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 that's for the freaks. <laughs> I'm the freak. I looked at that match. I was like, that's for the freaks, baby. I circle that big in a big Sharpie. Night five. <laughs> Makarai. Messi International Conference Hall 1. The third place playoff in the finals of the tournament are going to be the semi and the main event for that night. Some other matches that were interesting were Brillante Jr., Soberano Jr. versus Doki and Templario. That's uh, uh, interests me. And we are getting Luluvia and La Derochita versus Starlight Kid and Ruaka. So with a nice little uh, Joshi versus CMLL female wrestlers. Uh, on I can't time. believe Rossi's gone and they're on another show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I believe yeah. that's the only time women's wrestlers are on this entire tour. So why is Suji like not in a main event here? These are his guys. <laughs> yeah, Suji is not in any main event. He is in he, he is in, I think, later in the tour, but he doesn't do anything that really interests me too much. Uh night six is when we get the first Cork and Hall show. Main event <laughs> Volador Jr. versus Rocky Romero. Uh, other matches that interest me is Teton versus Brilliante Jr. Uh, I thought that was interesting because technically that's going to be the first singles match of the tour. Uh, so that's weirdly notable. Soberano Jr. versus Templario is also happening. Um, and then just also less interesting, but just notable, is they're doing a Black Cat Memorial match with Despi, Stigma, uh, Mascara, Mascara Dorada, Mystico versus Defunto, Akira, Stuka Jr., and Ultima Guerrero. I'll be there no uh, matter what. Yeah. Night seven. I just listed four interesting matches for one night. I'm in. I'm there, baby. Uh, night seven, last night, the tour in Cork and Hall as well. Ma- notable matches that I was interested in is Myster- Mystico versus Ultimo Guerrero. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And then Atlantis Jr. versus Hechicero. That is a Ryan H.C. Memorial match if I've ever seen one. Uh, memorial because I'll be dead night six. Um, <laughs> night seven main event is going to be Mascara Dorada. 
and Stuka Jr. in the main event. So that's a very interesting main event for me to see Stuka Jr. and then Mascara Dorada. That's uh, quite the person to end the show on and the entire tour on. Yeah. Yeah. This um, this is my favorite tour of the thing. I'm very excited. If you couldn't tell, this is. uh... It's been a long time coming as a CML faithful like myself. Uh, uh, Jeff Bugenhagen in the chat. When Ryan said Magnus, I thought uh, Megan and Michael were going to run rough shot of the men. No, that's Japan. And I'm not talking about Japan. I'm not talking about England. I'm talking about Mexico. Uh, so uh, there's there's so different, so many different versions out there. Am I excited for Fantastic Mania? You bet your, you bet your bottom I am. You, as Annie once said, bet your bottom dollar I am. I'm uh, so excited for this tour. I have had this, like, I have had this circled for so long. It's more, like, CMLO matches don't happen enough, mm-hmm. as is. And the fact that I'm getting so many, and, and Blackpool Combat Club is going to go to Arena Mexico, and, yeah. and, and I'm so excited! Yeah. It's CMLO like, is the reason AEW is back. You yeah. heard it here first. I just listed 16 matches, 14 of which you'll be actually able to see, but all of them are very interesting to me. Uh, So definitely go check out uh, Fantastic Mania when it starts. Uh, We won't talk about New Japan, New Beginning Osaka yet, quite yet. Let's go back to WWE. Um, But I would love to talk about WrestleMania and their main event nonsense, obviously, first. But it's WWE. I don't feel comfortable talking about WWE when... That is also happening, but there is also the bigger story of the continued fallout of the Vince McMahon, WWE, John Laurinaitis lawsuit that is taking place. And this week's news about the WWE lawsuit is not necessarily in regards to the lawsuit itself, but mostly in regards to John Laurinaitis' lawyer uh, sort of bringing up the uh, previous history regarding Ashley Massaro in WWE. Um, basically saying, obviously, if you recall, Ashley Massaro uh, had an allegation of rape when it came to uh, a U.S. Army uh, visit in 2007, when we went to uh, uh, to Kuwait in 2007. Uh, the, the company said it never happened. She said it never happened in the thing, but she later said claimed it did happen. John Laurinaitis' lawyer, uh, who is obviously John Laurinaitis' part of the current Janelle Grant lawsuit, uh, John Laurinaitis' lawyer said, oh, no, that did happen, um, basically confirming uh, that previous cover-ups were made by WWE when it came to uh, 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 sexual intercourse, sexual uh, encounters, sexual allegations uh, to help further the claim and the WWE side of this lawsuit as well. That is not just a Vince McMahon thing, but it goes back to all the way 2007 is what John Laurinaitis' lawyer is claiming um, in regards to more statements. Um, uh, there was also a statement uh, Ashley Massaro made right before her death, um, where she gave a statement regarding Vince McMahon as well. Uh, the, the headline quote being, he told me not to let one bad experience ruin the good work they were doing. And if that's not a way to sum up, uh, I think, WWE today, uh, and how some f- fans view WWE today as we talk about the WWE WrestleMania main event nonsense that happened over the week. Um, I don't think there's a better way to describe it. Uh, just horrendous more stuff 
to bring into this, but also more evidence of John Laurinaitis' lawyer, as we talked about last week, Scotty, about how they are more than willing to throw WWE and Vince under the bus. And I wouldn't be surprised if to get some sort of plea deal, uh, John Laurinaitis flips, uh, if, if it ever went to trial, that he would f- certainly flip on the stand uh, on WB and Vince. Do you have any thoughts regarding this sort of Ashley Massaro uh, news and John Laurinaitis' lawyer using that against WWE this week? It's just really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into wrestling, I loved Ashley Massaro. Yeah. I loved her. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously knowing all this now, it's just such a shame. When, when I first started watching wrestling, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she was teaming up with, I believe she was teaming up with Paul London and Brian Kendrick at the time. Yes, yes. Did they have a tag team name? I don't think they did, right? Um, No, it was Paul London and Brian Kendrick, and she was just like with them, and I, they were awesome. <laughs> and, they then, were and, awesome. You remember, and you remember who they were feuding against? Deuce and Domino. And Cherry, baby. Of course. How could I forget Deuce and Domino? <laughs> the tag team, tag team rival of the year. <laughs> world famous uh, family, the bloodline family tree, Deuce, of course. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 that was like the first feud like I remember besides like the main event stuff. And I was so invested in it for no reason. <laughs> like I, as a kid, I was like, yeah, this is the one. This, this rocks. And uh, shout out to, Shout out to Deuce Domino and all of them, but yeah, um, it's a shame though, in all seriousness, because uh, just I, I hate I hate this company more and more every week. You know? know, like there's wrestlers in that company that I like now, but the company itself, man, it's so rotten, it's so broken. There's so much fix that it needs, and uh, listen, Johnny. Johnny Ace is going to try to obviously save himself here, and as he should, honestly. Uh, yeah, but if I was if I was the lawyer, I'd be like, "Yeah, bud, you're flipping." Yeah, that. like, yeah, and more truth will come out, and that's uh-huh. ultimately what that lo- the, the initial lawsuit here created, mm-hmm. right? And. It's a good way to look at it, even in a bad sense, right? Because, like, everything that's coming out is so sad and unfortunate regarding Ashley and so on. So uh, just hope uh, all the people that are in the wrong receive their repercussions for once. And uh, it's, it's something new every single week now. I know. And we didn't really talk about it off air too much about how much coverage we should do on the show regarding this lawsuit moving forward. Obviously, I think we're in the third or fourth week of it now. Um, Like, and part of me is like, obviously, it changes the energy of the show. Uh, We like having fun bits. We like talking about uh, and making jokes the entire time. And by fun bits, I mean bits that don't land. Um, Hey, hey, hey! Speak for yourself. uh but we but we like having fun and like talking about stuff but we also want to talk about serious wrestling and talking about serious issues and matters that happen within wrestling and this is something that is extremely serious and i for me it's something very much of like i don't want to necessarily stop talking about it because it makes us uncomfortable but i also don't want to talk about it too much that it makes the audience uncomfortable that they don't want to listen to ring post radio 
it's you know, that, it's the weird, it's the weird line that we have to straddle. Yeah, I mean, it's best we don't ignore it because and I don't want to ignore it. That's, that's why I bring it up first. That's the WWE media that people are talking about these days, right? We're not going to ignore it, but at the same time, we're always going to try to keep it lively on the show and things like that. Um, it's tough, but I'm happy that at least we, you know, say something about it. Like we can't do anything. I'm not in the press conference room to ask WWE about these things, but I can share my thoughts and my thoughts always are with the victims and this this is definitely no different this this one sucks because there's just so, there's been so many twists and turns since it first happened and uh again hopefully hopefully those that uh are in the wrong are um they pay for it but yeah you never know there's so many things going on now it's like yeah trying to keep track this is the first week that we didn't have it be our lead topic as well which uh yeah is part of this is that like we don't I, I don't I I don't want to be the show that talks about the lawsuit one week and then they move on and never talk about it again mm-hmm. but uh but it is the weird thing of you know I I think that like we have I think we have a sense of responsibility when it comes to telling these stories uh mm-hmm. and talking about it stuff because I don't necessarily think and I think you'd agree with me. I think there's a good portion of our audience that listens to Ring Post Radio that doesn't watch WWE at all and probably doesn't even really follow WWE. I mean, I'm sure they know about the Vince scandal and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that come here uh, that are big Scotty fans and they're big Joshi fans. and They want to hear us talk about Joshi and Piero and, and all these sort of things. But uh, as being a, a podcast that covers everything, this is part of the everything. And it's almost like, to we almost i almost want to keep the story alive because keeping the story alive having news that breaks every single week is what hopefully helps people uh someone out there to continue asking those questions and continue thinking about the story so much so that maybe more bits can come out and more people could come forward and i'm not saying that our tiny show can be able to do that but i just want to keep the story alive for that so um We'll 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 maybe try to we'll try to keep talk- basically what I'm saying here is I think we'll keep talking about the story as it unfolds, but obviously we'll uh, sort of uh, push it down the ladder in the topics. Unless it's um, gigantic, obviously. Unless it's another gigantic break, like Paul right. Levesque. The, the, this part is obviously continuation of a yeah. story. This is all. I'm not saying this is like this is still very important, but my my, my point is with how we cover this topic moving forward. We'll. If it's another like if you know someone's fired or something, well, obviously that'll be our lead story or whatnot. whatnot. But uh, hopefully, uh, keeping the family and friends of uh, Ashley Mazzaro in our mm-hmm. thoughts at this time, along with Janelle Grant, of course. With uh, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about the WrestleMania main event nonsense that unfurled. <laughs> uh, we didn't really talk about it too much last week. Uh, if I recall, we talked about a little bit about how it looks like it's going to be the rock versus Roman reigns. That's where we left off that. It was Cody giving up his spot, um, at WrestleMania that he won in the Royal rumble. He's giving it to the rock. And then Thursday happened. The (laughs) WrestleMania 40, 40 or whatever number it is kickoff event where it seems the topic that we discussed from Friday SmackDown last week completely didn't happen, <laughs> didn't exist. 
And we are now in a new timeline where Cody has not selected what's happening and has not said that my Royal Rumble decision is not happening and I'm not wrestling Roman and I'm going to instead... Uh, well, I'm going to wrestle Roman, but not at WrestleMania. Instead, what we got was, I don't know, 30 minutes or so of booking of a Raw segment that hey. turned turned the that ignored everything that happened on Friday and made it so that it is now Cody versus Roman. The maybe the Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth. Seth doesn't have a match, except you know we've come. You to know he out. does. He's waiting it, for the elimination it, it, chamber at the at the press conference. Oh he's yes, 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 yes. A match. Yeah. At, we find out on Friday that his match is going to be the winner of the elimination chamber. And then, uh, and then, he, and then Roman and Rock is not happening at all. I guess. <laughs> so I mean, there's still Saudi. Like we talk, that's the thing we keep talking about. Is Saudi is around the corner probably. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think they know what's happening here. It's very confusing. Hey, take a look at this. What? No, that's all. Oh, are, are, uh, those the, are those the Cody crybabies? Oh god. Um. <laughs> the so I'm actually going to say this, and I know some people like in in many ways the, the segment does in, deserve to be mocked, but it was very entertaining. Maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe for the right reasons. No matter what, it was very entertaining. If they were, if they were trying to have the enter- the the segment be uh, a, tra- a train wreck, <laughs> I they, think they succeeded. The way it came off was shoot rather than work. In a lot and of different ways, yeah. Likely the goal, um, and maybe that's why it was so interesting. Um, my favorite part of the entire press conference was when CM Punk talked after and it's like everyone's just gonna fight man punch someone and i was like oh that's uh he he knows he knows he's like mm-hmm. you know sometimes you just gotta fight things out and i was like oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god um biggie said man like but i'm just trying to get back in the ring <laughs> yeah, it's also very clear like michael cole and pat mcafee have no idea what's going on because michael cole usually leads the discussion and he was less like yeah, uh, they were reacting to it live and trying to make something out of it. Just yeah, like yeah, it it's interesting, and it, that's for me. That is about what WWE needs for me to do to keep interested in it. Is just do something off the hinges that is unexpected. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect my my the Rock match that was going to happen to be a tag team match, but that's where <laughs> we're at. Yeah. Um, what matters is Cody. Cody is wrestling Roman, and that is the only main event that should be as happening. of right now. <laughs> as of right now, that's true. They could always change it, but I'm going to assume that is going to be the main event for now. I will play along with their game. Uh, but man, it's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. They did put an emphasis on like the first WrestleMania ever was main evented by a tag team match, and I was like true okay that that doesn't mean this one has to be <laughs> yeah it, yeah uh which i'm thinking is the night one main event and then night two will be cody and and roman roman I, I i don't know uh but i will say out of the entire segment this is my this is my thoughts on all four men 
Seth is done. <laughs> Seth, Seth is buried. The title doesn't matter. He walked away with nobody wants to fight me. I'm injured. You can easily beat me. I saw a thing that said that like D- Damian Priest did an interview where it said that he can't cash in on Seth Rollins while he's injured. I was like, oh, so you can't. So it, like within this world, no one wants to take his belt. Not even the guy that could just take it at any point. That's crazy, <laughs> but it's true. Like so that's that's point one. That's yeah. Though I will give Seth credit when when Cody got slapped, he got really good and like calling the rock a bitch or something. I was like, yeah, get him. Cody did a good job of not being absorbed by the rock. Yes, which that brings me to number two. Cody was the star of the show. I just think like Cody. Cody's so good. Yeah. Like I'd argue way too good for the company he works for. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he was given but i will also say like that keeps him in control like we saw him in AEW, and and they book he along with others booked himself into this mess yeah. that he couldn't get out of and that's why it went off the rails towards the end in terms of his booking cody in wwe is like this superhero type super baby face that everyone loves and that is the perfect role for him the perfect role for him he nails it and i think you you said it perfectly he didn't get absorbed by the rock that is easier said than done in this business anytime we ever see the rock show up he stood up to the rock and one point i was like is this match the rock versus cody because this is more interesting <laughs> a um, match that the, the only match that can't happen right now the, the I don't, really, no the i don't think it's like bullshit i actually one thing that did make me angry is that the rock said like this is the one royal family i was like this is the one time to play his goddamn song and you didn't play it like you didn't do that <laughs> This was like, come on, man. You had your shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Cody did great. I thought Roman was very funny. Like, Roman's just a funny human being. I think yeah. Roman Reigns, like, if he got to like have normal human being matches and didn't have and didn't learn that he doesn't have to try anymore, mm-hmm. I would like him even more because anytime he like does promos or things, I'm always vastly entertained. Like, this guy just mocked everyone on the stage and he was just. He just moved on. That's it. He does it every time. He's like, go play. He When he said to Cody, go play with the B players. Like, yeah, you know, get out of here. You, you had your shot last year. You lost. And I was just like, man, this guy's good. Um, and The Rock, of course, with The Rock. One way or the other, he's still The Rock. And mm-hmm. he got through the PG stuff by the end. I was really scared that he'd still play on that PG stuff. Like the Cody Crybabies thing made me roll my eyes earlier in that day when he did it was on the McAfee show. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, this is so lame. But he flipped the switch once Cody came out. Mm-hmm. And that was the rock that I think is way more interesting than any other rock I've seen in a while. Can I give an outside take? Sure. I mean, I'm also on the outside, but yes. Yeah. This is off. This is off the board. Take. Um. What if the Rock? Dwayne. We always we always thought that Roman's pitch for the end of the Bloodline story would be him versus the Rock. Uh huh. And I think the Rock sort of agrees with that idea. But what if the Rock sees more money in a match with him versus Cody? than a match with him versus Roman. 
What if that's the Saudi match? Let's say Cody wins. Challenges. Cody wins at WrestleMania, beats Roman Reigns, and then it's Cody versus The Rock at Saudi Arabia for the title. Um, I would agree with you, but I don't think The Rock's body will handle it. <laughs> that might be fair. That might Truthfully, be fair. Um, I think that's why a tag match could be happening to mm-hmm. be safer. I think in the end, all of this is to turn Roman Reigns' baby face. I don't know how you do that with Cody there. Well, n- I just think it's a long... It's the long game, baby. Mm-hmm. And Cody can be world champion after winning the belt. It's long term. It's not now. I think after they lose or after Roman loses, that's where you can have Rock come in once in a while. Not all the time, but it's very sure. easy to film things. Sure. And that's where you start to see things deteriorate between them because now they're united. Right now yeah. it's all about we're blood and i do like that they put the uh the family tree up for me to prove that the rock is not as um much as of the family as everyone else is with the mm-hmm. um, but they got the blood connection don't forget about the, the blood, blood, connection. blood oath blood oath say it right my apologies um, i also learned he was a high chief apparently you read that yeah i was like what, what? how does he never acknowledge that he's a high chief i feel like that's important um but i don't know it's WWE. It's gonna be a me- it's gonna be an even messier in a week. I mean, yeah, messier in two weeks. So yeah. I'm just gonna act, I'm just gonna act like I know what's going on. And yeah. ultimately, do I care that much? Not really. I yeah. I think the idea of what they're doing is they're gonna do a tag match. I don't know. I, I guess it it matters where the tag match is because I think if they do a tag match at Elimination Chamber, I don't know why I'm diving into it this much. But if if they're doing a match at Elimination Chamber then that is when they can plant the seal seeds or the seals of Roman versus the rock. And they sort of turn on each other kind of like what they did a little bit different going into it, but kind of like what they did with the rock and Cena versus what was it? Miz and truth at like survivor series. Yeah, I get you a couple years ago where they can start planting more of those seeds there and then set it up to WrestleMania. And then maybe it's night one and night two. I don't know. I would agree with you if I thought The Rock would be able to wrestle. Yeah, I know. I know. That's also part of it. Is that like how much can The Rock actually go? Um, Probably not a lot. He's there's no way his cardio will be up for Elimination Chamber. Which maybe that, but maybe that's like uh, the point of it being in Saudi Arabia. That like that's where all of the people that can't wrestle anymore wrestle. Um, <laughs> but maybe the idea, and that's where the money is, legitimately. Uh, he'll get more money there. Uh, so maybe the idea is that I'll save the big money match for Saudi Arabia and not at WrestleMania. Um, Possible. Because um, I, I, my interpretation of it from Friday to Thursday, Friday Night SmackDown, where Cody says, I don't want to be in the Rumble anymore. Or I, don't wanna, I don't want my Rumble victory to mean anything anymore. To The Rock, uh, to, to, oh, no, I'm back in. Something changed along the way. And, you know, oh, Triple H can say, oh, I've been creative, but The Rock is on the board and all this stuff. Part of me is thinks the change that could have happened, and this is just conspiracy theory bullshit that I like to perpetuate, but I wonder if, like, part of me thinks is that, like, The Rock realized how, in that weekend and the lead-up to it, how much of a Cody match would be more interesting for The Rock than him versus Roman right now, and you could do Roman at a later date. 
I don't. I just don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I I could see that if he has to do one match, which is the hottest match, he's the heel against babyface Cody, or he's the heel against babyface Roman, uh, or maybe he's the babyface against the heel Roman. I I just don't know. I think to me, I wonder if he thinks the money matches him against babyface Cody. I just I, I tr- truly wonder that. But uh, <sighs> it, it, it's guy. all a matter of if he can go or not. Dwayne's all about him. That's yeah. all I'll say. Uh, and what we all about him? What's the where's the most money for the least amount of wrestling buffs? Yep. And I think yep. that's the question. Well, that's probably Roman in terms of the least bumps. I mean, what are they? That's they're true. Gonna just, they can just true. stand. They can stand there for about twenty minutes, and they're going to get the people in the palm of their hands. Like they're going to pull the old what was it Fujita Goshiyazaki, <laughs> where they just stand there for twenty minutes. Ah, uh, good times. I, bl- I believe it was that Fujita and Goshizaki and Noah. Uh, good times. Um, well, speaking about Japan, let's talk about. Uh, let's end the show with actual matches to talk about, actual wrestling matches to talk about, and not just news. And that is, of course, New Beginning in Osaka. Took place very early this morning, Osaka, Japan. Five thousand strong came out uh, in Osaka to watch this uh, show. Um, we only have a little bit of time left, but uh, Scotty, how much of the show did you actually watch? I know you watched the main event, um, but did you watch any of the other matches? I, uh, I only saw Tana. I only saw Tana and Hiroshi Tanahashi because I didn't think the main event was going to get up in time. So mm-hmm. my plan was to watch that and Zach and Danielson, but the main event got up, and I felt that was more important. Unfortunately, for my own eyes, that's fair. Well, then we'll start with uh, Okada Tanahashi then. Just walk through that real quick uh, and lead up to the main event here. You said you saw this match. Um, Okada Tanahashi, last match in a historic rivalry that has been New Japan's main rivalry, arguably, for the better half of a decade. Um, Over a decade. Over a decade, you're right. Uh, Between these two, uh, one would have to presume their very final match ever really felt like possibly Okada's match, uh, last match in New Japan, even though we know he has another one down the pike. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, very interesting. I didn't get too much out of this match. I My takeaway from it is that like if you saw the Battle in the Valley match that they had uh, on that mercedes Monet show, um, it was about the same in quality. It was like, it was really good, but like, you know, Tanahashi can't go anywhere yeah. where he once was. And Okada was... Uh, acting fine in here yeah i mean it was an emotional connection i know for some people mm-hmm. who are obviously very upset um about okada leaving i am too and i thought it was just nice to see them wrestle again like it didn't need to be something special for it to be special if that you're makes right sense. you're right the match didn't quite matter they just needed to do the basics and like it was cool to see that one more time tanahashi even doing aces high to the floor that was enough yeah. for me i was like man you didn't have to do that but uh they did the rainmaker shock finish like the the sequence mm-hmm. they did the similar sequence and i thought that was very cool um mm-hmm. you know 12 years later uh it it it's a shame that this is the last time because I do think this will be the last time and not, not because I don't think Okada will be back in new Japan someday, but by the time that happens, Tanahashi won't be able to go anymore. Um, So it's cool to see. It's cool to see them. Uh, It was a nice ending and watching Okada cry again. uh, 
after that was rough that was rough yeah it's getting worse and worse like every time i see him cry i'm like man actually osprey got me too uh i thought the post match for him was very emotional as well but okada still got two matches i don't know what they have up their sleeves um they're not announcing them but we'll the yeah, the uh chris charlton seemed like it might be Okada Zack Sabre Jr. down the line, but it, it sounded he was like reacting to what Zack Sabre Jr. said, and I thought he said Tetsuya Naito, so I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily I don't know, know what the idea it, it can't be Naito. Naito's got a match. I, well, because Zack Sabre Jr. is wants to go after the title, and, he oh, okay. Naito. and it sounded like it sounded like Zack Sabre Jr. in his post match said, uh, 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 out in the ring said something about like, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Naito, Naito, I want you next, wankers. You know, some bit like that. And Chris Charlton was like, "Did you hear him? He wants Kazuchika Okada next." And I was like, "Maybe I misheard him, but I don't know actually." Uh, so I don't know what they're doing. Maybe Zack Sabre Jr. Okada could be next. Who knows? But uh, I, I just hope Okada finishes up the right way, whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. this isn't the like this would have easily just been the last match, but he committed to two more dates, so there's yeah. got to be something. That and I do. I do want to say this as well is that I understand at this point a lot of New Japan's frustrations, fans' frustrations about Okada and whatever that right way is. And obviously, I think we can all agree the right way for Okada is to have a gauntlet match against all the young guys and he loses every single one. Um, But I don't want to lose, I don't want people's frustration over how Okada is leaving. And, and that young next generation, all the stuff to yeah. lose what it means as Okada is leaving. You know what I mean? I don't want us to lose that idea of uh, Okada is leaving this company. It matters. Yes, it could have been done to put over the next generation, but that's not what's happening. Let's at least focus on the time we have left versus why the time we yeah. have left sucks, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, how I've been looking at it. Um, I'm not mad at like I'm not mad at Okada yeah. at all. Like I've learned a lot about Bushiro this week. <laughs> learned a lot. And uh I think Okada made the right decision. I may not like it. I may not like it because I think Okada and New Japan is just the right way and the preferred way. Yeah. Uh but it makes sense. Yeah. Um well, speaking about matches that uh, sucked, uh, IWGP tag team <laughs> title match. <laughs> Who's talking about matches that sucked? Uh, ch- uh, Chase Owens and Kenta defeated what? DLP and Hikaleo. Kenta and Chase Owens are the new IWGP tag team champions. And Scotty, I know you didn't watch this match. I know for a fact you didn't watch their last match over for the New Japan Strong title. What if I told you that this match was worse than the previous? Holy shit. What 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 are we did you get full dud? Did you go full dud? Uh no, I think I just went like two or Damn something it. like that. Uh I, I'm not a full dudder. I, I feel I just, I, I'm like I'm, there's some I'm work. A full dudder. Um there's some effort being put in by some people here, so it's like I'll give them something, but I will say Chase Owens and Kenta looked slower than their previous match. How the hell is that possible? Because they were losing, I think Phantasma and Hikaleo also put in less effort. And what if I told you? Remember, I said last. Remember, I said last time that the big story about the last match was Kenta and Chase Owens can't get on the same page. That is correct. And I thought maybe they'll get 
on the same page and win the tag titles. A mat thing that everyone would have wanted. And obviously they won the tag titles here. They weren't on the same page. What if I told you the finish with Taiji Shimori coming out, hitting Hikaleo with the tag belts, Kenta doing a low blow on Hikaleo, then Taiji Shimori hitting Hikaleo again with the tag belts, and Kenta rolling up Hikaleo for the three? That is worse than anything House of Torture has ever done. It doesn't make sense with the story they were telling. Do do you know why it's worse? Why is that? Because Chase Owens is now a champion. (laughs) As a worse outcome? That is the worst outcome any wrestling match could ever have. They looked so... Chase Owens and Kenta looked so bad and so slow here. And then the payoff of their story does not align with the setup that they had. They swerved for no reason it feels like but that's also bullet club so who the hell knows but i don't know man i sat there thinking what what this was a this was 13 minutes of a waste of time and people are out there saying that this isn't the worst match on the card that the worst match of the card might be the main event um and it was there's over- no way there are people that are people are, i think the i think this was i think people are saying that the main event might have sucked or was overbooked or all this other stuff I don't think those people watched the tag team title match because that match sucked so much, was so bad, was so incredibly boring. Nothing happened in it, Scotty. I don't remember a single move in it other than the finish. That was infuriating. Um, But yeah, that match sucked. I could have told you that, by the way. I'm pretty sure I did. Well, you did. And of course, I'm the crazy person. I'm always right. To watch these matches when it comes to Hikaleo and Chase Owens being involved, I am always right. You know, what was another takeaway I had from this I match? I hate Hikaleo. Wow. You know, what was another takeaway from I had from that this the match? Tag division's cooked. The tag division in New Japan is cooked, has, has always been bad for it's uh, burnt forever. Um, is that when we were talking about uh Okada and Osprey leaving, and we were talking about who can fill the those shoes. You know, we said immediately, obviously the young people, Suji, Ren Narita, well, not about Ren Narita as much anymore, uh, Umino, yada, yada, yada. We named all these people. We said Zack Sabre Jr. We said Taichi, we said Shingo. No one said El Phantasmo. Not a single soul. I no one said like Hikaleo. Obviously, I don't think anyone's saying Kenta or Chase Owens, but these two guys, El Phantasmo at one point in time, people said is the next Osprey in this company. No one mentioned him one bit when it was like, who's going to take the next spot? It's no, no it's, one mentioned. I saw this match. I was like, this guy is nothing right now. And you know what we call that? That's called being on the right side of history. <laughs> I've been, um, I've been here. I've been here with him. Mm-hmm. And now I feel, I feel right. Yeah. Just by you saying that I feel right. Vindicated. I'm not. I'm at the point now where I have not fully given up hope on El Phantasmo to turn things around because he's way better as a heel than he is a face, uh, as I've been seen here. Um, but and maybe, well, no, they still have the New Japan Tag Titles, so that's not over. Little oh. did you know. Little did you know he's actually Tamatonga's replacement. I yeah, I think that's the the reality that we're all learning is he's Tamatonga's replacement. Oof. Oof, ba boof. 
G O D stands for Gorilla's Oof Destiny. <laughs> Oh, no. Semi-main event. Zack Sam Jr. defeats Brian Danielson in 32 minutes and 46 seconds, not by submission, but by a, a pinfall here. Similar to the Wrestle Dream match where Brian Danielson pinned Zack Sabre Jr. for the win. Uh, so they have both beaten each other, both pinned each other, but no one has submitted the other one. Uh, Scotty, you watched this match. What did no, you think? I didn't. You didn't? I thought you said you wanted to watch this one. I wanted to, and then the stupid cage match cage match came up so i had to watch that instead because i felt it was more important it was the main event so couldn't have felt more wrong in my life i will say scotty this match was great thanks man shocker i'm stunned actually no it was it was great i had it um let me see uh, the cage match holy cage match has it at 9.82 it's down 9.76. Refresh damn thing. <laughs> man, how old? How how many votes are in? Oh man, a bunch more. 9.76. Uh, where is this in the uh let's see? Where is this currently ranked of all time? Here we go. Of all time. I don't think it'll be that high because the only it is number seven of all time, <laughs> according to Cage Match, currently. Obvious, but like WB events, like where it's like number two of all time at nxt vengeance and then it will quickly uh go away uh it is sitting right behind tanahashi and abushi uh and right before akira Tawe and kawada versus kobashi kobashi and masawa uh i'm sure i'm sure i'll drop a little more i went i think i went four and a half on it uh it was as good if not better like if i did if i did that sort of like four and a half plus gimmick that's probably what i would have it I liked it a little bit more than the Wrestle Dream match. It was a little more hard hitting, a little more technical. I saw someone say that the Wrestle Dream match, now looking back, feels watered down to what this match was. This oh, match man. was, this match has that more hard hitting stuff that you would expect. Oh, man. Uh, this match is really, really great. I'm excited. <laughs> I love their first one, but that's. That's more up my alley. I mean, there's a there's a moment where they're both sitting down and have like a like an ankle pick on each other, and you know how the, the typical spot is they just start slapping each other in the neck or chopping each other, and they start at the slaps, and then they just turn to full on booting each other right in the yes. face, uh, over and over again, uh, and that ruled. Can't wait to uh, watch this. Yeah, uh, and then the fi- final stretch uh, was fantastic. I'm no tell the final stretch. I'm not going to tell you the final stretch, but it was really, really great. Just fantastic technical wrestling, uh, reversals, counters, uh, what have you, pinfalls, uh, attempts. Uh, it was all great, Scotty. I cannot I raise that anymore. Probably make the argument that Zack Sabre Jr. should win the world title. I said that before this match. I, I pitched that earlier this uh, when we were talking about the Okada stuff. I said Zack Sabre Jr. is a guy that I would put the world title on him. especially. Like, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even wait. I and I and I said at the time I said well, I, I said I said look back at the tapes. He, Zach Sabre Jr. should win the New Japan Cup. No, I remember what you said. I'm just thinking, do I wait until the Danielson third match happens? Maybe. <laughs> well, you can. Well, uh, I guess Dominion would happen before that, right? Yeah. If it, because the New Japan we, Cup we, is that for Dominion, right? No, that's for uh, Dontaku. Oh yeah, yeah, Dontaku. Also, it's for the second, right? 
It's for the second theory. No, the cup is for the world title. What am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of Cinderella tournament. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's too stardom pilled these days, folks. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. But that would be interesting. I think that could be... Uh, I don't know. I think. I mean, I say go for it. I mean, I think you're right in saying that, like, Danielson in the post-match mentioned that he kind of wants a two out of three falls match uh, and on neutral territory. Forbidden Door sounds like that for that neutral territory, unless they both go to Saudi for some reason um, or some random some random country. They they <laughs> they go to Uganda and and wrestle in the uh, the in the that mat the that. They should or, go find country. an island in the middle of the ocean. That's the oh, the if, if only Japan has done that. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, it's great. Uh, I would nothing, love <laughs> nothing like two guys say even territory or uh, what was it? What was the, what neutral, was the exact territory? Neutral territory, like a British guy and an American guy wrestling in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no better neutral territory, maybe. Um, Danielson also spoke after the match saying that he's like, I'm no longer the t- best technical wrestler in the world. I, it's Zach Saber Jr., which I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, but you kind of said the same thing at a at a for uh, what was it Wrestle Dream as well. He was yeah. like, "Oh, I I might might have win, but I didn't pin him, so I lost." Yeah. Um, Before we get to the main event, I just want to point this out because I just want to, I just want to say it out loud for a second. Revolution. This man's been harping on Revolution all day. Is Samoa Joe versus Hangman versus Swerve? Yes, correct. Pretty great. Uh huh. Good it's going to be Sting and Darby versus Matthew and Nicholas Jackson. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. Pretty good. It's going to be Orange Cassie versus Roderick Strong. Pretty good. I'll be, I'm good. I, You're less I good, feel, but I'm, it's Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong showing up. I'm I good. do love me some Roddy. Yeah. And then, as announced last night, Eddie Kingston versus Danielson. One more time. They need a step, though. I think I saw someone pitch pure rules and I died inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be people that pitch instead of a two out of three falls, a pure rules match between Zack Sabre Jr. And Brian Danielson. And don't listen. To <gasps> they should do a strap match. Ooh, Eddie. I don't know. I, part of me is like for the continental crown. I don't necessarily feel if it's supposed to be like the all Japan triple crown idea. I feel like a stip doesn't work. All right, they just fit show. that idea. No, that's fine. That's fine. They don't, they don't need a strap to do it. I agree. Um, main event, I just want to point out how great that pay per view was. Sorry, Zach uh, Brian Danielson. We said Good. last year he had a great year. This year is Yuji Nagata, Hachisero, Zach Saber Jr., Kazuchika Okada. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, good. pretty good. I'm watching Curb your enthusiasm as we speak. So, um, Main event, steel cage match. Bullet Club War, war Dogs get the win. Well, yeah, basically a War Games match. Alex Coughlin, Glad- Car- Con- I don't you know who it is. The War Dogs got the win over United Empire. 64 minutes and five seconds. Uh, this is a divisive match uh, online. People were either saying that it was great or people were saying it was too long and overbooked. Scotty, uh, I think we have... Similar but not the same opinions on this match, but I'll, so I'll let you go first since I've been talking a bunch. 
this match was a lot, man. <laughs> this uh, there's some things I liked. There was a lot of things I was like, what the hell is happening? Uh, there's a lot of dead air. Oh, and most importantly, I hate war games. Must stress that. Hate it. The match stipulation stinks. I do not like it at all. Because you know what war games is now? It's just a cage match with weapons with a long ass timer on it. That is what it is. Um, I thought Osprey was great in this match. Great. Uh, every Fantastic moment performance, every moment that he was featured, he was great. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for this match, there was nine other people and oh. not no, 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 I'm not going to say everyone was bad, but some were, and some made me laugh. And I don't think the point of this match was to make me laugh. There's definitely Alex, one that made me laugh. Alex Coughlin, <laughs> my friend, my guy, walking out with the chairs, first thing. I was like, what? what is happening? This will be a serious match between two stables that hate each other, and this guy is walking out in a T-pose with chairs on his arms. And I'm just like, what are we doing? He gets to the ring, drops all of them, runs in without a single chair. And then and then he somehow topped it for me. Because he <laughs> so he's looking at catch two two right in front of him. Oh, oh Akira on the ass wag. We can all agree. I'm oh, sorry. Akira and the ass wag, who I'll get to in a second. <laughs> He, he throws them kendo sticks and starts doing the Hulk Hogan flex so that they can hit him and he can be like, oh, I'm strong. And then and then what finally knocks him off? A super kick. Not the kendo sticks to the body, but a super kick. In and I was defense, like, in his defense, a dual super kick. It was so goofy. And I was like, man, I had high hopes for Alex Coglin once. In that moment, yeah, same. In that moment, I realized, like, I think Alex Coughlin is the best dumb jock wrestler in the world because he is the dumbest jock wrestler I think I've ever seen because he's doing shit that doesn't even make, like, a lick of sense at all. It's just the dumbest stuff. Like, it's like, I'm I'm like, in in some ways, I'm watching the the dual kendo stick spot, right? And I'm like... How we got here is incredibly stupid, but it looks kind of cool to see a guy like, you know, you know, stop, you know, stave off those sort of candlestick shots. And I was just like, it looks cool, which is the ethos of dumb jock wrestling. But how we got there was so incredibly stupid. If if, if TJP and Akira just had them, had the sticks with them when they were using them, and then it came out, that spot would have worked so well. But the right. fact that he had that Alex Coggan comes in with them, stops, hands them off to them, and then said, hit me over and over again was incredibly stupid. And then just getting decked out by a dual super kick uh is was just incredibly stupid. Dumb jock wrestling, like you said. Um I'll I'll continue here in that maybe the worst part. 
was worse than Alex Coughlin. All right. I'm, I'm he had a you. character switch in the middle of the freaking match. And I knew it was going to happen the moment I saw him walk out normal. I was like, this dude's definitely not going to just, I was expecting the lights to go out and I was expecting the fiend music to hit and the and the whole entire building to turn red. I yeah. just, I was so ready for everything. Um, and the ass wang was here and I was like, Why? Why can't we just be like? Why can't we just? Why can't we just do normal things? Why can't we just have the match? Why do? Why do I need a character chain or a character gimmick battle royal in the middle of a match? What? What are we doing here? So that uh, that sent me. Um, but uh, there was a lot of good news. actions. Breaking news, uh, Scotty. Breaking news, real quick. Not maybe the biggest of news, uh, biggest surprises of news, but breaking news. Fightful Wrestling says that Kazuchika Okada is headed to AEW and is expected to sign soon. Yeah! I mean, I expected it, but yeah! yeah like I said, not, not the biggest of surprises, but a big news item nonetheless. Good job, Fightful. Did they tweet that? Uh, yeah, they, they tweeted it, and it's behind Fightful Select. The full story is behind Fightful Select, but I'm, I'm just looking at the headline here. Um, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. As... He is headed to AEW. Hallelujah. Thank wow. God. So, so <laughs> that stop, means... Stop the Okada to NXT news. So that means in a month span, they're going to add Kazuchika Okada, Mercedes Monet, and Will Ospreay to their lineup. Mm-hmm. While having CMLL wrestlers. <laughs> Holy... Excuse my language. Excuse my language. Excuse my language. We're two hours. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> that is expected, but like the reality that we're here is incredible. AEW is stacked. And this is going to be both good and bad. Good because, listen, hear me out here. It wouldn't be bad to have two separate rosters for your two damn shows now. Uh, because there's just going to be, there's just so much, there's just yeah. so many people now. Uh, that you're going to have to fit. Uh, but that's awesome. Good for them. Uh, back to the match at hand that you so rudely interrupted me. My uh, apologies. It still, it still had, like, I think my biggest problem, it still had, like, the NXT war game-esque things. I think, I think the problem with it is just that, like, war games has evolved into this of yes. just, like, the full... We, we I mean, blamed, we always call it NXT-isms, but it's just the war game-isms now. Yeah. It's evolved into this. And, you know, because AEW does it as well, where it's just full-on, you know, violence inside the cage, which, like, in the idea of it being, like, a super violent cage match works, but uh, it's, you know, it's frustrating. But in in some ways, I liked it. And uh, like I said, I thought that, you know, you talk about the negative performances. um, So I thought Osprey, we already said, a fantastic performance in this match. Uh, non-stop killing it. Anytime he was on screen, your eyes were drawn to what he was doing. Um, Aaron Hanare going out there and doing concussion spots, basically, and just, who knows? I don't know if he has an actual concussion or whatever, but just like the moment he comes out there and he looks like, he looks like he is a rugby player halfway through a match. And he's just got the full bandana a bandage wrapped around his skull and he's going out there 
And no matter what, never stand still for a single moment. And it's just wobbly leg the entire time, Terry Funkin' it for the next hour, just beating people up, punching through chairs, uh, giving receipts to Gabe Kidd. Uh, just, just great stuff that I thought was, I thought he put in a fantastic performance. Um, Jeff Cobb wasn't notable, but he could barely, barely move. He had a notable entrance, but he could barely move. So they got rid of him real quickly. Uh, I thought, uh, Francisco Akira, I thought he did a really good job. I was really happy with his performance. Um, he did not turn as some people were expecting. They stayed united. United Empire stayed united, which is always nice to see. Um, you know, commentary did notice that like, uh, the Chris Charleston said something like, you know, to, to get the upper hand against the war dogs, he had to act like the war dogs. And I was like, Oh, is that a tease to a turn? And it didn't end up happening. Um, but I thought his performance is really good. You know, he being that sort of, uh, 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 underdog that didn't want to be a part of this, but because he's part of this United empire is willing to go with it, stand up to what he fears and go for it. I thought that was a great story. And I thought they I thought succeeded he was in that. the number two star of the match. I agree. Haven't really given any compliments to the War Dogs yet. Uh, who, was, who was good in the War Dogs? Who could? Who was good in the War Dogs? I know uh, Clark Connors drank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what else? That was a compliment. <laughs> what else? Drilla did. I think he did good with what he could do, knowing that his bicep is torn. Gabe Kid. I, I did, you know for a fact, Scotty, that I hate the the Terry Funk. Speaking of Terry Funk, I hate the... You hate Terry la- Funk? No, no, no. Oh. It's the Terry Funk spot that always d- is done poorly, the oh, ladder the helicopter. Yeah. And I thought it was well done here, not through Gabe Kidd, mind you, but um, seeing like people like, I want to say it was Akira and Osprey, attempt to duck it to try to get at him and then fail... Jeff Cobb just like walks over, hits it, and falls over. But that happens like every other company where it's like they do the helicopter spot and then people just walk into it and fall over and not like try to do something. I thought that was a good use of that spot. Um, and yeah, I think, I don't know. I can't really think of much compliments I have for the War Dogs. I'm looking at the names. I'm, I don't know. Did David Finley walk out of this match a bigger heel? That was a big thing that was talked about in Okada Shorts, uh, that our New Japan podcast on the Counter Network, was that David Finley needs to step up and be the big heel for New Japan. Do you feel like he is walking out of this match as a bigger heel in New Japan? I definitely think you get something from it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's like gigantic, but he ultimately is the guy that put Osprey away and he pinned him. Yeah. And that's big. He sent him home. Um, his finisher looked great to win the match. I thought that looked awesome. Uh, so I think David Finley might actually be the only one that benefits from this match, besides like Francesco Akira. Yeah. Um, but it's not as big as I think it should have been, if that makes sense. Well, I think part of that is that the finish was not David Finley versus Osprey. It was right. Osprey versus all the war dogs and, and right. getting beaten by multiple finishers like on, that on, again, on wooden boards, like an Osprey moment rather mm-hmm. than a war dogs moment or more importantly, a Finley moment. Right. Cause essentially what I do love about the finish of this match and people can 
mock me or whatever. I know some people don't. And listen, I don't think this match was like ten out of ten, like some people do at all. I don't even no. think it's close. I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm sitting at a four, maybe a four and a quarter. I'm still deciding. I'm probably lower, but that's because it's just so long, and I hate war games. Um, so it doesn't help. Like my my hatred for war games drives me. Um, I'll probably yeah. be three and probably three and a half, three and three quarters. Probably three. I and think three that's quarters. fair. I think three and three quarters is fair. That's where I'm probably sitting at because there's a lot of action in this. That's awesome. Ultimately, yeah. like the yeah, Francesco Curie. The work was really great. As yeah, well. yeah, there was great work in this. It's just it was so long, and there's some, there's definitely nitpicks. But uh, I think I think they, one of the problems. Sorry, I, I I'm interrupting you. Continue what you're saying. I think the best part of the match was Osprey saving Akira to make sure he wasn't the last. Like he didn't lose this, and I thought that was a great moment. And he looks up at the war dogs, and it's just that realization of like, this is it. And I thought that was great. Like I said, an and the, the hit me, hit me, hit me, and he goes to try to hit him and just falls. Yeah, like this was an A plus, and it won't be remembered this way because it's not a five star match in my book. Like it won't be remembered this by everyone because it's not a Will Osprey five star match. I mean, Dave might give it five stars. I have no freaking clue. He probably will. Come on, he probably will. Um, but. But um, I think it will. It should be remembered because it's one of Will Osprey's greatest performances, even if the match isn't five stars. Yeah. And what's weird about that is that, like, it's I think one of his greatest performances in a in a non wrestling move. And, and, and it, funny enough, in a non we're talking about Will Osprey, Mister Flippy Do, a couple of years ago, his best performance, I'll say in a non-wrestling moves matter. Yeah. He yeah. didn't have to do a bunch of flippy do nonsense. He didn't have to do hard hitting stuff all the time. He just went out there and worked as a wrestler, not necessarily a, uh, a moves guy, which I thought was really showcased how much this guy is elevated. And really to me was a good end cap to his evolution as a wrestler within new Japan. Um. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I walked away. I was going to say that I, I I walked away being like, man, Akira for junior heavyweight champion win. You know, uh, yeah. I, that's the spot I want to see right there. Um, he, should, he should be no pun intended, elevated moving forward. That'd be a great spot. That'd be a great I, spot. I think he is. I would have is, him win the super juniors. I'd have him come close. Ooh, and lose I, to the ass wing? I think no. I think part <laughs> of Akira's like I think a part of making Akira what this what should be like this giant baby face, mm-hmm. um, is losing, is yeah. coming up short, and I think him getting to maybe the final or the semifinals, depending how the bracket is this year, and coming up short is definitely intriguing. I like him a lot, so I am rooting for him. And I thought, again, he did such a great job in this match. This was this was a career best performance for him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And the post match was great, by the way, with Osprey yeah. saying he was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Windsor comes out. Yeah, Alex Windsor was ringside. I saw her, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. 
Um, when does he pop up in AEW? Um, I know he's on a couple of posters. Let me see. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's on a couple posters for events. I believe they're all in Canada. Um, he, I mean, obviously he can pop up sooner than this, but he doesn't show up on a poster till March 20th in Toronto. And obviously big business and revolution are obviously both before that as big time shows, but, um, and then he is on a lot of posters after that. Yeah. He is on pretty much every single poster after that, except for, I want to say two. I think, I think I'm having him wrestle on revolution. Yeah, that's plausible. I put him against Takeshita. Will Will's got to be a babyface. Number five ranked Kanosuke Takeshita. Yeah, I think Will's got to be babyface, and I think the story plays to Will now being a good guy because of the Don Callis family and how all that's gone since the last time he was around. But maybe I I just don't think anyone's gonna boo Will. So you want Will? To team up with Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. No, that's not what I want. Don Callis family. Literally, just want him to face Takeshita in a tag match against Will Hobbs with Chris. With uh, if I got my way, I would never have to watch. uh, Never mind. Um, no, just do uh, do Will and and Soup. Yeah, I don't think he's showing up on Dynamite this Wednesday or anything. He has the Rev Pro show next week. Yeah, that, um, that'll be his final before he shows up. And I wouldn't be surprised if he takes that week or two off. He could start. I don't know if he has a match revolution, but I think he will probably show up at the very least. I revolution. think there's always an open challenge aspect. If you want to give a wrestler like an open challenge gimmick and sure. Will answers it. So you got to get the cheap pop. I, 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 I mean, honestly, I think the best thing. I, I joked around saying him taking teaming up with Jericho and Sammy Guevara, but I think in that sense, I, an easy setup you can do is the Don Callis family of Fletcher, Takeshita, and Will Hobbs want to battle Chris Jericho and, and, and Kenny Omega and their third person, but they can't find a third person because Kenny Omega's in the hospital and yada, yada, yada. Bet you can't find a third person. And then Will Ospreay comes out and wrestles. I think that's the setup. And then you can maybe do in Duluth, Georgia, the next next Wednesday, uh, Kanoski Tashka versus Will Ospreay. I don't know. Maybe maybe you do it in Duluth, Georgia. I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea. But How, uh, Have we considered... Hear me hmm? Have we considered Osprey versus random CMLO wrestler? Osprey versus Mystico. Osprey versus Masquerade Dorado. Osprey versus Star Jr. <laughs> Fascinating. It'd probably be sick. I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, is pretty good. <laughs> uh, but back to the war games thing. Back to this. Where do we go from here? Uh, United Empire. Where do we go from here? Where do we go now? David Finley and the War Dogs. I mean, I think David Finley. If you want to continue him, he needs to be in like New Japan Cup contention since he that's needs next to lose month. In two weeks, because the most wanted man comes around. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot his next. <laughs> I forgot if you're what, interested to see what's next for David Finley. Well, it's Nick Nemeth. <laughs> Get into it. Um, and the then Night Empire. Night Empire. I'll be interested to see uh, where they go. 
Um, like I said, I think Akira, junior champion, would be fun. Hanare, Cobb's probably on the shelf for a bit. TJP, who knows? Hanare, who knows? He also could be on the shelf or who knows? <laughs> yeah. Good good, uh, good show, I guess, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, oh, that was one of the notes I was going to say about it, is that the people felt that it was overbooked. And I think part of that overbooking and everything and part of also why it felt longer, it was an hour, hour four, so obviously it, was, it felt long no matter what. But I think the reason it felt even longer was that it had three finishes, three different climaxes to the match. You had and that I noticed. Uh, and three, these three finishes I can think of off the top of my head are the actual finish of the match um, and the Callum Newman Will Ospreay moment of the mm-hmm. dual odds cutters. I thought that that felt like a solid climax of the match. And then you had Akira overcoming his fear of the fork, uh, getting hit by it, but overcoming that feeling, beating down Drilla Maloney, taking the fork and beating him with it, and Clark Connors getting his revenge ultimately over their tag title history. Um, that felt also like a giant climax to this match. And then from there, the match went on for another 20 minutes. Um, so I think I, I get completely where people are coming from. I feel like it was overstuffed, overbooked stuff, uh, because it, I think it climaxed too early with stuff that felt like a climax felt like a finish. Um, and I think that's a a part of the reason why I'm like a four on it is that like, you know, those are reasons to take away from this match. And I mean, I I think I'm also low on it is because like we sort of said of who's next, does this set up war dogs properly? I don't know. Maybe. But doesn't really set up David Finley in any way. He's just part of part of the group now. Doesn't really feel like the leader in this moment, other than the guy. He's the guy that pinned Osprey. And it, then, if, uh, and if if we don't really have a setup. Then we don't really have a setup for United Empire except for Akira. Uh, certainly unsure of how much this set up the next group. If, if you're wondering, they're still not my dogs for real. Dang. This match couldn't get you to be the dog for real here. They're never going to be my dogs for real. Damn. I would get rid of Bullet Club tomorrow if I could. Wow. Wowie, wowie, zowie. Wowie. Um, but I will say that the biggest news item that we missed, and we're ending the show, is the Saitos vacated their belts. I saw that. I think that was this morning, right? Yeah. Bummer. That's, that is a real disappointment. The that is a really genuine. A really good title reign that really started setting them up. And I believe it was Ray Saito had a, uh, a Triple Crown title match down the line, right? Um, I believe it was Ray I, that had the Triple Crown title. And also, they were going to defend the hurt, titles right? against Kento Miyahara and Yuma Eoagi. Is he the one that's hurt? I, I, I don't know. is the one that's hurt. Ray is the one that's hurt? I believe he's yeah. the one that had the match. I'm going to check right now. Will I be he honest is, in knowing which one is Ray and which one is June? I want to say Ray is the one is, that looks more like a caveman. Yeah, he's the bigger one. There we go. Perfect. Nailed it in one, folks. Terrifying fella. Mm-hmm. In the right ways, of course. Of course. Yeah, he's the one that's hurt, so that means the title match is off, too. Both of them. <sighs> Yeesh. That, well, you, that just, you, just, you can put June into the title match. Yeah, that's an easy. That's an easy. Uh, I know. I know. Ray pinned Nakajima, but whatever. You can still do it. He's not going. He wasn't going to beat Nakajima anyways. 
So I would just hope do not. June. <laughs> just do June. And I think they were going to, they were setting up June down the line anyways, probably. So you just do yeah. that. Yeah. June is probably going to be the next match. I mean, I, so I came to this conclusion real quick mm-hmm. that if, if it means that all Japan, all these guys that I love in all Japan are safe, I would get rid of Nakajima in seconds. If it what means mean? they're saved from NXT, I would get rid of Nakajima in seconds. Oh, keep Nakajima or have all Japan NXT relationship. Which do you choose? Well, no, because my in my brain, Nakajima is the reason I have this NXT stuff. And if I have to pick between getting rid of him or enjoying what has been a great run of his, mm-hmm. I'm getting rid of him. Interesting. Because it has not, it's the run is so good though. I watched I watched uh the three-way from like the Napoleon TV show the other day, and it was just I, I was like, these guys rock. Don't don't ruin this, please. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up the show. Two hours um, and 40 minutes. Dear God. It was gonna be I told you it was gonna be a long one. I didn't say it wasn't not gonna be a long one. Um, but yeah, it's time to wrap up the show. So thank you, everybody, everybody watching watching. Fuh. Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week. I think on the docket so far, we have previewing night one and night two of New Beginning Sapporo, previewing TNA No Surrender, the first in the... No that actually looks like a better show than the uh, other show that was TNA did. Oh, Hard to Kill. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll preview it's that next Ali. week. Also, WWE Elimination Chamber will also preview next week as well. Earth. And oh, and New Beginning. And New Beginning Sapporo. Yes, I said that already. Uh, and probably reviewing I Fantastic Amazing. I didn't Domain. hear you. I well, didn't hear you. I'm silly. Pay attention, Scotty. Uh, I got a, I got a, I got a Tin Man oil this this when's, when's your Rev Pro? Rev Pro's next week as well, but it'll probably be happening like as soon as we end or. Oh, that's a shame. It's going to be old news by the time we record again. Mm-hmm. Which that will be, of course, Will Ospreay's final match. In, yeah, uh, we'll have to talk about that. We'll have to talk about that either way. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I agree. We'll probably have to talk about it no matter what. Uh, thank you for Jeff for for such kind words. Um, in the chat, thank you for doing this. I'm getting excited for AEW. Hey. Uh, Money. Like we said at the top of the show, it's the only promotion with good news right now. So we can get excited, get into it. Uh, Money. We'll be back next week for all new episode. But before we go, Scotty, match of the week and some plugs. Frick. Uh, my match of the you week. You always know this is every week. And every week you're like, frick it, frack. It's part of the gimmick. Um <laughs> I'll leave Swerve and Hangman to you. I'm going to go to Kaito Kiyomiya versus Yuma Anzai from Nippon TV special of All Japan and Noah. I watched that match and I just walked away like these dudes rock, man. This is this is the real deal, man. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about, Ryan. Two young guys going out there and put on a show. I watched Kaido Kimia. He's one of the best in the world. There's not many ahead of him. And anytime he gets a big singles match, he delivers. So I think even better than that, Yuma Anzai delivers yet again. Well, yeah. Yuma Anzai is a freak. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yuma, Yuma Anzai is a is still a young dude that's like, yes, he's a freak, but it's like, man, every single spot. It's not just all Japan, even against Noah's people. 
Yeah, uh, he's incredible. He, he steps up. He is 24 years old, and he is less than two years into the business. How many matches? Let's let's see the old cage match, shall we? Let's he has 106 matches. And he is sure. incredible. Oh, what's the, do you, do we have his cage match rating yet, or we're still waiting on that number? Uh, still waiting. I just want to point out that Kaido Kimi is only twenty seven, um, which is insane. He's a eight point oh five on cage match so far, which is pretty good for a guy that's a year in. A hundred, a hundred matches in, basically. Yeah. God damn, that's crazy. Um, that's crazy. He's the next guy. Um. Uh yeah um uh, yeah my match I watched a bunch of other old matches as well but uh I, this match was my favorite match of the week by far uh that we haven't talked about and that was Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland AEW World Title Number One Contenders match uh I thought this match was great I went four and a half on it uh I really loved it uh I didn't really expect the time limit draws so that was a great that was a great spot to me I think they called like twenty minutes so I was like twenty minutes is, this is flying by here. Uh, I think they just executed everything they've done previously in the rivalry um, in a new way, in a better way, and it was the best match, I think. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the best match of their rivalry, but it's certainly – I think it's uh, probably World's End, this match, and then Wrestle Dream, in my opinion. Yes. But, uh, this match I thought was fan. All great, by the way. Yeah, all great matches, and not to take anything away from them, but – all great goddamn matches that go out of your way and watch because it's it's real great stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, anything else? Anything else before we go? Any other? I want to go home. I want to go home. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. You're already home, Scotty. So that uh, that's the trick there. Um, we'll see you all next week. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan Nights. You follow Scotty at Scotty Wrestling. Follow everyone on at Countout Pod. Um, you can listen to all of our stuff or listen to old episodes, uh, on our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple music or Apple podcast, I think it's called Spotify, uh, Google play doesn't exist, but whatever that is now, um, you can also follow us or watch the full video version on our YouTube channel, count at podcast network, whatever it is on YouTube, same logo, baby. And I think that might be it. Patreon.com forward slash count pod. Um, I am potentially recording the next episode of the ballot this week, and that will probably come out the next week or the week after that. Uh, but it'll come back out soon. Uh, so subscribe to patreon.com forward slash count pod, and you'll be able to hear the second episode of the ballot. Uh, and also the first episode about Zack Sabre Jr. A guy in that episode, I said, if he becomes IWGP world champion, he deserves to be in the hall of fame. Uh, so, uh, that's my take on all that. That's all my plugs, uh, for Scotty. I have been Ryan. We'll see everybody next week. Goodbye. This has been a count out podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the count out network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend, Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend, Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying, kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Itchy Bond Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Itchy Bond.